never heard of. Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast with Ben, Morgan, and Andy. All right, welcome to Common Folk. We're back. We're here. <laughs> We're back at it again. It's been a couple of weeks. It has. We're lucky we uh, had some other interviews up our sleeve to keep feeding the beast. Right, there, right, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good to be back in the studio, though. It is. It is. It's, uh, probably put this out this week, you think? Mm-hmm. I think so. So it's April. For opening weekend of turkey season. Opening weekend you know, of turkey. Big outdoorsman, and that kind of, that's what brought our next guest into the door here. It's cold. It is. I was shivering. It's morning. not normally like this, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember it being like this. Uh, I I have plenty of memories of hunting turkeys in snow. You I, do? I really do. I got pictures of Ashley sitting oh, in snow. That sounds <laughs> horrible. Yeah. You hate the cold more than I do. I hate it. I hate it. I was out <laughs> working on some tractors this morning. I've got uh, long johns under my jeans right, right. now. Yep. I almost put my bibs on. Yeah. It was cold. It was. And, uh, I mean, you guys are kind of up on top of a hill here, and uh, the wind really cut through you. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. we were kind of exposed, kind of glassing for some turkeys, and like, no, nah, let's get back into the woods. <laughs> it was a little too, little too windy for you. Right. So right. you guys yeah. have those, uh, I call them leggings. He's like, they're not leggings. Yeah. They're, they're like, like thermals. thermals. They're thermals. Yeah. I mean, you have those long johns <laughs> on too? Are you guys, yeah. Okay. I'm an old right. school long john guy, so okay, okay. I don't get too fancy. But anyhow, we have Matt Trotz <laughs> in studio with us. Now, Matt, you have a whole list of things going on here. Uh, we're out here for your, your show, The Guided Life. And, you know, I'm a guide, so that all kind of worked itself out. But, Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad to be out here in Nebraska, and I do apologize if I brought the cold weather from Wisconsin. <laughs> probably it's, did. Yeah. It sounds like you ran into it in Iowa. I did. And I'd, he brought it with, yeah. <clears throat> so when I left Wisconsin, it was 30 degrees, and we had zero snow. And halfway through Iowa on my way here in my eight-hour drive, I hit rain, snow, and the temperature dropped from 46 degrees around Dubuque to 33. Ugh. <laughs> no. And I, I was so like, come on, fault. dude. It's Matt's fault. It is. Totally <laughs> blaming it on you. Have you called back home? Is it snowy there? Yeah, so it did. I yeah. was seeing some, um, I actually have a, a cell trail camera. And it's funny, It's my wife is a dental hygienist, and her dentist was kind enough to let me put the trail cam behind their office. <laughs> And I get I get all kinds of critters like um, deer, coyote, bobcat, so on and so forth. But um, yeah, when my trail camera sent me some pictures this morning, there was snow on the ground. Nice, wow. So I just can't get away from it. Like no. it's been a Mm-mm. well, just a crappy spring all over. It sounds like yeah, you know. And it, what what's kind of a killer is it it will warm up. Like didn't we have a day in the nineties last week, early last yeah. week? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it plummeted right after that. So, I mean, it just kind of throws a wrench into the natural progression from spring to summer. And it, it kind of goofs with, like, turkeys, for example, since that's what we're after here. Uh, their daily routine gets interrupted, and it's hard to pattern them out. I mean, I've been I've been out here a lot <laughs> the last couple of weeks yeah. trying to yeah. put a pattern them out a little bit for us. And uh, they're here, then they're gone. They're there, then they're gone. Like, it, it's been tough sledding. You can see, you know, indicators of spring in that. I mean, up here in front of the place, there's flowers blooming everywhere. Right. I mean, yeah. stuff's probably going to get stung and die, but it's crazy. And you could tell that uh, 
these turkeys are ready to get out. Those toms are ready to strut. You know, that's that's kind of their gig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this like is the, their time. <laughs> this oh, yeah. is their time. Time yeah. to shine. Showtime. <laughs> it's that's the best time. I mean, right? The the world's waking up. We got we're get coming out of a winter. Depending on where, you know here in Nebraska, I, I was talking to Andy earlier. You guys didn't get nearly as much snow as maybe mm-hmm. you normally do. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Wisconsin, we kind of had a drier uh, winter yeah. as well. But, I mean, it, it's just – it's been lingering and lingering. And so it's cool when you go out. And like you said, I mean, you start to see the flowers. Mm-hmm. You start, uh, the animals start waking up and right. start coming out of the hibernation or whatever like that. But, it, yeah, dude, this is my favorite time of year. I love spring. Like, I've been turkey hunting forever. And I, I got a light start into hunting in general. Like, my, my brothers hunted and – Things like that, but I didn't really start hunting until I was like fourteen. And when in Wisconsin, it's probably not different, not as much different here in Nebraska. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were hunting by like ten. You know, it wasn't legal when I was you know fourteen to hunt. I think you had to be twelve in order to start hunting on your own. But I got into it late, and it's just been just been nonstop ever start ever since that time. Have you ever hunted in Nebraska before? Uh, mule deer hunted. Mule? Okay. Um, a couple like buddies and I, yeah, we went out to like the Valentine area gotcha. on a late season muzzleloader hunt. And that was the same thing. Like we brought cold weather that for that hunt too. <laughs> like that was right around Christmas <laughs> and we left Wisconsin and it was like negatives and we, the whole entire drive out, it was negatives. Like we were driving into a West wind the whole way hmm. Like when we got to that Valentine area, I think it was like negative twenty five. It was miserable, man. Nasty. And for a for a Wisconsin night to say it was miserable. See, the thing that's <laughs> that's different here, we you guys have like a lot more wind. It seems like than yeah. what oh. we have back home. And I, I shouldn't say that because as I left, it was we had a couple of blustery days, but it's just it's just like it's Andy windy. said, we got uh, your timber today, and we went on the high on the ridges or whatever you want to call them, and it was gusted yeah it was uh you know and i just feel we're part of that wind belt where you think of kansas oklahoma and, and nebraska's right in the middle of that you know maybe on the northern side but it's it gets windy and it'll stay windy it yeah. can just know? kill a day i feel like we yeah, talk about the wind yep. mm-hmm. quite often oh it'd be so great if it wasn't windy <laughs> well it is again yep yeah yeah it makes it rough did you uh when you guys went meal hunting did you guys get one or uh yeah we actually we shot a couple of whitetails okay. I mean, it was, like it was we came looking for a trophy, but with the weather the way it was, we just looked to fill tags. Yeah, yeah. So the the very first evening, we were um, kind of driving around some of the the parks around there, the national parks or the national the open the private the public land, I should say. And it was like the end of the first night, and I ended up seeing a white-tailed doe, and I'm like, I'm shooting it. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. like, really? Yeah. We drove all the way here. You're going to shoot a doe? I'm like, yeah. And I'm really <laughs> glad I did because- Freezer don't care, dude. No. It, it, <laughs> like, I, yeah, well, yeah. We saw a really nice like whitetail 10-point. And when we were hunting, we saw more whitetails than we do mule, mule deer you? at the time. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I shot my doe the first night. And then I think we ended up shooting a small whitetail buck, uh, maybe another whitetail doe, and then a mule deer doe. So I think we either we went three for four or we went four for four. And one guy was just wanted to be picky. He's like, I'm looking yeah. for yeah. horns, yeah. and that's yeah. it. Yeah. And we're like, I just want to shoot. And it was muzzleloader season, so I just wanted to shoot my muzzleloader. So you were out in Valentine. You're here now. You can tell all your buddies back in Wisconsin and other areas, Nebraska's not just flat. It's not just a bunch of cornfields. No. <laughs> I, so I, I lived in Colorado for two summers consecutively. I interned out there. So I have a degree in urban forestry, and then I worked, worked, worked for a tree company out there. But it, the, the ending to my story is... 
when I drove through Nebraska to go to Colorado, I'm like, this state is flat <laughs> and it's fast. That's all it was. Like mm-hmm. you set the cruise for like 80 yeah. miles an hour and you just go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now that I'm in this area, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's, there's hardly any flat part of the state right around here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's how our ranch is too up mm-hmm. in Boyd County. I mean, it's up and down. It's in the Missouri River Valley there between the Niobrara River and the Missouri River. So a lot of up and down. And I never understood that, but you're exactly right for everyone that takes i-80 across the state like wow this is flat and boring (laughs) there's nothing going on here yeah we don't do i mean morgan's been trying to get into deer hunting i've never been a deer hunter andy is obviously he knows this stuff pretty well um that's got to be kind of close to that cutoff where you start getting from whitetail to mule isn't it yeah you're exactly right that's probably why you're seeing both of them yeah and and like in our ranch the typical typically it's 50 percent mule deer 50 percent whitetail and so you and they're dual tags so like i'm not surprised some guys shot whitetail some guys shot mule deer not a lot of states do it like that and we don't have any mule deer around here at all no no i was just gonna say i don't know that i've even seen one no and also what's really interesting is um kind of how they how they are because of what they feed on mm-hmm. so when you get out west there you know if you get far enough west and they're in that prairie grass and that rye grass and whatever yeah. else it is and then around here you know uh, there's a lot of farming cornfields that kind of thing they're eating that stuff right. it's it, it's a totally different uh beast don't you think well it, it really is just between the two species whitetail and mule deer yeah. and it tastes so much different mm-hmm. and i mean some some Ashley shot a pretty big muley buck a few years ago, and it was just gnarly. You know, you could tell he's an old buck. Mm-hmm. Tasted like an old buck, <laughs> you know. And well, he was definitely not eating cornfields in the afternoon, mm-hmm. nice lush <laughs> clover down on the river bottom mm-hmm. at night. <laughs> that's not what this guy was. Well, and that's when we were out there. I'm like, all of a sudden you're driving around, you're like, where did they come from? You know, even on yeah. the way out here, I told mm-hmm. Andy the same thing. The whitetails I was seeing, because um, I came in more in the evening, I'm like, where are these deer coming from? There's there's creek bottoms, right? But otherwise, oh, there's just fields, and it's ag fields, obviously, yeah. but they got to travel a long ways. And some of the areas these deer were standing, I mean, it's like, you're, you're far, far away. Why are you so far away from the cover? <laughs> yeah. You know, you think yeah. you'd be, there's a lot of coyotes around here too. I'm guessing. I saw yeah. a yeah, lot sure, of yeah. dead coyotes on the highway. Yeah. yeah. Well, Way more than I ever seen in Wisconsin. I saw one this morning, but uh, to like, where'd you come from? Why are you out there? I mean, that's that's the huge, the biggest difference between mule deer and whitetail deer uh, is that's their lifestyle. Like they got those big ears. So they, they just, and they use their eyes to just get up on those flats. They Their coats are thicker. So the, all they're all they're trying to do is just keep distance between them and like a mountain lion or some type of a predator. Hmm. Whitetail, they can get up and go. They can they can run. Uh, they're really fast, and so they're they can get into a wooded area or you know get out of a comfort zone. Where mule deer, it's all about just staying on the next hillside over away from a predator, which to my thirty out six that just doesn't work. So <laughs> I went to uh, Montana a couple of weeks ago, and I drove up. South Dakota, North Dakota, then over into Montana and drove up into the northern, northeastern part of Montana. And they have, I think it's an antelope out there. There's some deer. It looked mm-hmm. like a deer too. I don't know what breed it is, but there was a lot of these antelope and there is zero cover there. Yeah. yeah. So you look at those things, yeah. like literally there, at one point I was driving down this dirt road. It was about 20 mile stretch on this dirt road. And this thing was on the, on the shoulder, you know, and I got close to it. So he spooks, mm-hmm. he starts running. He was running the same way the truck was running in the field for 
10 miles. Yeah. I mean, he what? just kept going. I'm like, he's just cooking at like 45 Is he eventually going to go try to <laughs> yeah, hide somewhere Did you else? It? Did you like, <laughs> yeah. get his pace time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like they got nowhere to go, but yeah. they, they thrive out there, you know? I mean, so you were looking at a pronghorn antelope and. As I understand, you know, Ashley's a biology major. Well, no, master's. Oh, my God. She has oh, a master's gosh. in biology. There you go. Better so, not discredit her. She yeah. listens to this. Yeah. So, evolutionary speaking, I think the story on those pronghorn, as they outlasted, they outlived their predator. So, like, there's no natural predator for them. So, like, them being out in the oh, middle of a field okay. like that, they're just fine. Okay. And that's their defense, too, that they got to get up and go in the speed and the eyesight, and they live in a pack. So, all it takes is one, you know— one member to hear something yeah. and they all take off. So that yeah, I think it was some type of a saber tooth cat or something like that. I was going to say so nobody's going to get him, but a human. But my thirty out six will. Okay. Yeah, you can get <laughs> you him. Know, I'm just going to go right back to that thirty out. <laughs> I could have shot that one with my nine out the window <laughs> when I was running down the <laughs> dirt road. From what I hear, some of the farmers don't care if you shoot those. Things I'm either. sure they don't. I mean, yeah. Within their seasons, right? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. You gotta pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I can believe it, it you know, we want to talk about what you guys did today, but the amount of pheasant up there. Mm-hmm. I, I never even realized. Did, do you know that? I, no, I don't know where. It's unbelievable really? in Montana, the amount of pheasant. Wow. Isn't there supposed to be a lot of pheasants in Nebraska too? That's the thing, man. There, there used to be. Yeah. yeah. Just but over hunting, you think? or what's, no. It's mostly, and, and there's a good amount of debate about this, but I, to me, the truth is, is that it's just over farmed. I mean, it's- Oh, lack of cover. Everything yeah. has been pulled out. Yeah. You know, all the tree lines have been pulled out, all the cover, the the CRP land, you know, the, the natural yep. prairies and those types of things. And this all happened, well, I guess it would have been about 20 years ago now where it hit $7 corn and yep. everyone lost their mind. So, yeah, they tore out all the shelter belts, They every little piece of ground that, you know, had a little cover to it and bulldozed it and put it into, uh, you know, row production. And, I mean, that just, that just killed your natural pheasant population mm-hmm. and, and some of – Nebraska's anyway, some of their best counties for yep. that. And it is what it is. I mean, things have yeah, to happen, but it, it stinks to not see them. You know, when I was a yeah. kid, right around here, I mean, we'd just go down the road a couple of miles and me and a couple of my buddies go walk some fields and we'd shoot pheasants, mm-hmm. but you, we just don't see them anymore. For whatever reason, the quail, it doesn't seem to bother them too much. There's still a fair amount of quail, but. Yeah, but you still see those plum thickets and things of that nature, yeah. you know, on the roadsides and that's typically their cover. Yeah. Uh, one misconception that you hear a lot and it uh, kind of irritates me is that, well, it's turkeys. Turkeys, you know, tear sure. up yeah. pheasant nests. And no. there's one documented case of that happening, you know, and it just so happened to uh, be documented and it was caught. So then that became the rage, you know, and that's not typically what happens. Uh, the difference here is that um, – Turkeys were reintroduced to Nebraska, and they've been getting – their populations have been continuously growing. And just the way that, like, we're seeing around us here with all these tall cottonwoods and everything else that are sprouting up and now are big mature trees, that's where turkeys – their habitat has been growing, and pheasant habitat has been taken away. Yeah. So it's kind of a two-for-one type of thing. There. What do you mean the turkeys were taking away the pheasant habitat? No, I'm saying, like – Turkey turkey habitat has been growing. Like oh, people, okay. people, so have, be, people have been okay. planting trees. People have been putting things in like that. Um, but uh, your typical cover for pheasants has been put into row production. And I think you were saying, 
what you've heard is that some people are saying it's the pheasant are gone because of the turkey because but that's of the not turkeys the case. yeah that's oh, not the case because yeah. you said there's like yeah. one documented case i'm like really like they, yeah. somebody actually saw a turkey <laughs> I, think a pheasant and <laughs> I think it was a so like a, just stomping its yeah, nest out like, yeah like, it's my territory now yeah a biologist had a, like a trail camera on a, a pheasant nest and a turkey came in and just thrashed it oh really gosh. and so then once that hit you know this journal and that journal that was that was the word that's the rage mm-hmm. and oh haven't you noticed there's a lot more turkeys in nebraska but less pheasants and like a coffee shop talk man that's a lot of sure. i bet there's a healthy number of people that still think that and believe huh. that and it's just way off base i would i definitely want to talk a little bit more about that because we were talking before this and i was telling you guys that i got a lot of thoughts on turkeys mm-hmm. so and that's one of them so i definitely want to talk some more about that <laughs> all right before we get too much into it matt give us a little bit of background about yourself and kind of what you got going on uh, well, yeah, again, um, so I, I grew up in a small town, um, in Wisconsin, um, the bit of, the tables there, yeah, come on. but anyway, <laughs> so I grew up small town, Wisconsin. And like I said, when I got into, it was, I was mostly fishing before I started hunting. And then, um, I got into hunting, like I said, I, I, I archery, especially like I, it just grabbed hold of me and it was something I watched a lot of it growing up and. Like I said, my brothers were hunters and they still are hunters, but, um, I kind of, I wanted to learn more on my own. I had friends and family that helped me out along the way, but that's, that's what really turned the table for me. And once I got into archery, my, I had a a little quote for a while that if I couldn't shoot it with a bow, it didn't need to be shot. And And it still rings true. Like archery is still my favorite, but, um, Growing up, you know, I did it and I had some success. I actually missed way more bucks than I ever shot right away with my bow, which is just natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, right. you, the tendency is to try to watch the arrow in flight because it's not not only is it cool, but you want to see where you're hitting it. So I ended up shooting low because you pull your head off the string and everything like that. But mm. you, once you get into it, you're like addicted. And I ended up shooting my first doe off the ground, and it was awesome. Like and that was that's where. It, it, it started and it you know took hold from there but i remember going back to oh man it must have been like seventh grade i was in a class and part of the class is what do you want to do when you grow up and i'm like well i want to be an outdoor tv host and, and you kind of you know funny funny stuff but like that's what i wanted to do so, i watched it like it just engulfed my life and the long fast forward i went to school like i said for forestry Went to a tech school in Wisconsin, and I was in the green industry, the landscape industry, for like 10 years of my life. And I loved it. I loved working outside. I was never really an office person. Even You're, you're younger, you know, you just want to play outside and be outside. Yeah. Working in the landscape industry kept me in shape, got a great tan, you know, met some awesome people. <laughs> working on that tan. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was the best. Like, I, I absolutely loved it. Well, as I matured... I, I guess people say like you could I could sell stuff right, so I moved more into the office role, and I liked that. It was I liked working with people. I liked the opportunity to you know, what do you want? Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and not try to like sell you on it, but let's work together. Let's teamwork and make this really happen. Fill yeah. a need or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And but the the landscape industry is like, it's not necessary. You know, it always amazed me how much money people spent on their landscapes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man. And then, so that that kind of transition, I, I also worked in the lawn care industry too from with my degree, but I was always on the tree side of it, everything, trees and shrubs, kind of like a tree doctor, I guess you could say. But um, 
like uh, just hearing the stories of where people put grass and how much money people spent on maintaining their lawns and things like that. I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but it's not the world I want to be in forever and ever. So, um, fast forward, I was, I had recently just got let go from one job and I was kind of on a year hiatus where I was like bartending and just doing things to pay the bills and a, a landscape company in the Fox Valley took a chance and hired me in October and why that's a chance is because in October, most landscape companies in Wisconsin are letting people go. Oh, yeah. Sure. They're they're not letting them go, firing them, but we're we're ramping up. It's it's we're fall clean up, and then we're winter time. Either because if you didn't plow snow, yeah. you had to you know you got um you know laid off. Yep. So, anyways, they took a chance and they hired me, kind of salesman, you know, all these other things, and I loved it there. It was a younger boss, kind of a go getter a real great company to work for. And so I was there and started in October. I plowed snow all winter for them. And it was March, March or April, I think it was. In the, in the meantime, I'm kind of jumping all around. I apologize for that. I still had my connection to the outdoors, right? I still hunted and fished. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I actually got a, a small role as a, a salesman for a company out of Iowa at the time. It was called Muddy Outdoors. And they had tree stands was their main company. But what they did is they put a Facebook feeler out there saying, we're looking for sales rep. And they wanted to cover all 50 states as much, you know, mostly obviously in, in, you know, in the United States, not so much Alaska and Hawaii, but I applied and I got the job and it was like mostly like a small commission product, so on and so forth. So as I'm doing this landscaping job, I'm also very much, you know, independently doing this muddy outdoors repping thing and which is great because after i got laid off i could go see stores and make mm-hmm. connections oh, yeah. how so, old were you can i say ask uh, like just around so that time. like right now i'm 38 so i think i was probably like real close to 30 okay you know okay. right around that 29 mm-hmm. 30 mm-hmm. and um so i had made a connection with it's called the real shot and it was out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin at the time. And they were like my first sale with this independent company, you know, with muddy outdoors. They were my first sale. And so I built a connection through them. Well, at the time they're like, Hey, we are going to a trade show, which (laughs) trade throws were a thing at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. It's Mm -hmm. been a while. They're finally starting to come back around. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're like, Hey, we're doing a trade show in Madison, would you come represent your product through us, help sell through our company? I'm like, of course. So I went down to Madison. I had a buddy that was living down there um, at the time, and I stayed with him. But we were there, and I was working for them for Muddy. And something I did, and I know exactly what it was, but uh, (laughs) I caught the owner's eye who was with me. With us, it was Mark Druick was there, who was the store manager and still is the store manager. He's been the longest employee of the Real Shot. He's ten years. There's only one other person that's been there for ten years. So it was Mark Druick and the owner Brian Keller. We were in the booth together, and I I, I could t- I could say hopefully my wife doesn't listen to this one, but <laughs> there was a pretty attractive younger lady, and I was single, right? And she was walking around with some of her friends, and so I grabbed a shirt and I gave it to her. And, you know, we, I, I think I ended up getting her phone number, long story short. <laughs> so, so the owner's, yeah, the, the owner's <laughs> like, what did you say you do for a living? And I said, I'm in landscape industry, uh, sales. He's like, well, here's a, here's a funny thing. He goes, I'm opening a store in Appleton, and you would be an awesome fit. 
And I'm like, wow, I appreciate that. That's really awesome. But I'm going to have to tell you, no. My dream job, working mm-hmm. in the sporting good industry, and I say no. <laughs> and the reason I said no is because I felt like I was not going to do a good disser- or you know service to the company that took a chance on me in October. Now, let's remember, it's only April. Mm-hmm. So oh. I haven't even been there a full year yet. So, so you thought you needed to stay with this yeah, company yeah. because if they, took they gave it, money. I got you. Okay. If they took a chance on me, this landscape company, you know, sure. why yeah. do I want to bail on them? Right. Even though Fair. my dream opportunity is here. At, at the time, the real shot was archery, which is my passion, my love, and fishing, which is right there, my next passion mm-hmm. and my love, you know? And so... They're like, well, we would hire you as an assistant manager for this store. It's awesome location. It's the the it's the bee's knees. You're gonna love it. I'm like, well, I'll keep it in mind. But at this time, I'm at, I'm actually content where I'm at. And he's like, okay, well, here's the card. You think about it and you let us know if something changes. And I talked to my sister. My sister's like, I, obviously, my parents, my everybody's huge. But my sister is like the one I could go to with like career choices and stuff mm. like that. And I talked to her about it and she's like, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, here's the other thing. Like they're offering me a little bit less money than what I'm making right now. And the one thing that I, I knew this, but I didn't really know it at the time. And she's like, it ain't always about the money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. She's like, it's mm-hmm. an opportunity to do exactly what you love. You might make a little less money, but every day you wake up, you're doing what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so it was April when the opportunity came, and I was hired in at the real shot in July. So I was really scared to put my two weeks in because my boss was the, the boss at this landscape company was like short, former wrestler, fiery, <laughs> fiery type of guy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah. So I, like, I was really nervous and I had actually talked to a couple other people at this facility at the time. And they're like, you'll understand. Just sit down with them and talk to them and tell them it's what you, you know, yeah. and, he, and he did. And I stayed friends with him for, oh, it was, must've been two years afterwards. He That's actually cool. bought stuff from me at the store and everything like that. But yeah, so it was the store open was supposed to open in August. I started working in July at the Real Shot in Oshkosh as a training and everything like that, getting kind of up the pace. And then we opened the store in August, and it was, and this is August of 2013. And I've been there ever since. Wow. So did you, because you had mentioned that you denied the offer. So then did you have to go back to him and be like, hey, man, actually, I'm interested or what? How'd that yeah, so I, I did. And I, I, I contacted him and I said, you know what? I'd like to re-entertain if you're still interested. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, we actually, um, Mark took me out. We had a beverage mm-hmm. and he sat down and he had a contract and everything right there, which wasn't really necessary. But yeah, he's like, here's what we're offering you. And he, he didn't, he had, he like, he sold me on the job, even though he didn't need to sell me on the job. He's like, the owner's great. The owner's got, you know, at the time, which is, it's funny as we, as we think about it now, he was doing like real small YouTube stuff. Like 2013, YouTube obviously was a thing. Mm-hmm. Was it the monster that it is now? I guess I didn't pay enough attention to it to really know sure. if it was. Mm-hmm. But he's like, yeah, he's, he's actually talking about starting his own TV show as well. And, as I get into this more, and if I'm yapping too loud or no, long, good, just man. let me know. <laughs> the owner of the real shot is a forward thinker. Like if he gives you an idea on Monday, he's already bored with it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I mean that it's a compliment. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. he he sees so far into the future, it's amazing to me. I, I swear he's got a time machine because like it is like he's 
constantly and ideas and you'll know it because like 11 12 o'clock at night you'll get text messages mm-hmm. and he always and he always told me and i like at first i'd always respond to him and then like a couple of days you know would go by and he goes you don't need to respond to these these are if i don't get it out of my brain now i'm gonna it's just gonna keep me up all night yeah and the other kind of joke we got with brian and brian if you listen to this i absolutely love you i appreciate everything is we write in pencil you when you talk to brian you'd never write in pen because by the time you get it, your last word or letter written, it's already done. Like it's, you might as well erase it and go. To, but which is awesome because you got to be like change is tough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you work at the company I work with, you better be okay with change. Yeah. And and you have to be. Well, and I especially with fishing, you know, tackle. I think you got to be ready for change because just think of how much it's changed over the last two years. You know, with big swim baits, for, you know, like there's just mm-hmm. so many options out there. And, man, people, they're willing to die on a hill for this, for that, you know, and you guys got to supply this or that. I, I I just think about opening a bait shop, just a small bait shop, and I, I would just think half the people in there would be like, well, you don't have this, you don't have that. Oh, <laughs> so many options. It, yeah. it really truly is. And, it, I mean, it's in like the technology side. So Brian also has the, the you know, the technological background as well. So, like, you p- you pair the, the fortune teller and the technology side of it. Like, he has to keep up with technology because ca- technology keeps changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, by the time we put this podcast out, your phone's going to be ancient, mm-hmm. even though you might have mm-hmm. got it yesterday. It's just <laughs> yeah. insane how that stuff works. But... Again, so yeah, so it was it was 2013. I had worked assistant manager for a couple of years, and I liked the role. I was I really liked it, but we didn't expect the store to be as busy as what uh, what it was. Like in Wisconsin, we open up archery season in September, so we opened up the store in August. So we and that's the window. The window used to be for archery July 4th was when people started getting a bug. You know, we're at the 4th of July, summer's on the end. You know, kids are thinking about going back to school. Mm-hmm. Dads, moms, kids, whatever, are starting to think about archery. And usually if you were, and that's the other thing too, is like I always said, there was two seasons. There was hunting season, and then there was DVD season. Because I used to go and buy every brand new DVD that came out for the hunting world. <laughs> and that was when a lot of the new, new releases yeah. started coming out was yeah. July. And my buddy and I used to go, oh, did you get this one yet? No, I got it. Oh, where'd you find it? You know, and we had to, we literally drove all over the place to find our collection. Uh Like my wife will tell you, we have an ottoman at home and it's probably half the size of this table, but just as wide of it. And it is filled to the gills Uh with DVDs, hunting DVDs. And it's, um. It's, and I love it. Like, so that was one, but then everything changed, right? Then it went to, uh, you know, stream, live right, streaming right. and everything yep, like yep, that. Yep. So you there there was a couple of things that you touched on there that I thought were uh, really interesting. Number one, you were saying how um, you looked to your sister for advice. At what uh, is the age relation be- between you and your sister? Uh, God, don't get mad at me. It's probably like five years, I think. That she's five years older than five you. Five years older yep. than me, yep. So you've always looked up to her and had a lot of trust there, which is cool. And she's she's a risk taker in the right way. Mm-hmm. Like she also, like just, she doesn't like to be stagnant, meaning like she's not afraid to take a chance. And if that chance doesn't work for her, oh, well, I tried. Yep. You know, a yep. lot of people mm-hmm. yeah. are afraid to take that chance. Yep. And for her, she's never been afraid to take that chance. So I, I almost kind of looked up to that. Yeah. Because 
you know, you, my parents, I love them to death, but my mom worked at the same place for like nearly 40 years. And it was a factory style job. It was, it was like a, it was a meat packing facility. So the temps were cold. It was standing nonstop and it, and it, it basically crippled her. I mean, she worked her tail off to mm-hmm. support her family and mm-hmm. my dad worked his tail off too. And, but you know, and I saw that and I'm like, that's loyalty. Yeah. Is that what you really have to do when you start working? So you go into the work field or, you know, you looking at that. I got to make a career. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to jump jobs every five years because that's not what you do. That's not what your loyalty is. Well, my sister, in a way, she's like, it's okay to do that until you find what you really want to do. And it was like two trains of thoughts. Like, like, again, it kind of goes back to the landscape company. It's like, Am I am I like am I bailing on you? Am I not giving you my right. full potential if I'm not here for thirty yeah. years? See, yeah, I don't know. When you're talking about that, I like the the both sides of that. I like that the whole loyalty thing that you had for that company because I mean, obviously, us owning a company, you want people to stay. God, what a mess to like, whatever. But it it happens, and mm-hmm. like, you didn't owe them anything really. Like to your sister's point, and it's your dream job that right. came in front of you or whatever so gal how tough but. It, and it really was but like again just her, her her simple point is like more and more people at this point you know in you know their 2000s wherever the heck it was were we're okay with new job every five years yeah. you know we're starting to get more mm-hmm. fast paced the world's mm-hmm. really really picking up yeah. at that point and so yeah change change your career every five years I th- and i think there's something too it, you know, we've run into this before with other people that we've interviewed. Um, you know, whatever it is your parents did or, or how you were brought up, everyone just kind of thinks like, oh, yeah, you know, you, your dad's a cop. You're going to be a cop. You know, like yeah, my family, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case. There's always at least one or a couple of those kids that are like, I'm doing something mm-hmm. completely different. Yep. And that's not such a bad thing because it, it broadens things. You know what right, I mean? Right, But what does happen is those values and you touched on that you know that loyalty and that hard work and yeah. you know that you saw growing up that comes through yep so you might not have the mentality where like well i'm going to do something for 40 years because i need to and i need to grind it out and i need to provide for my family and so on and so forth but you do have those values that make you a good worker and then you apply that to find what you want to do and and truth be told i mean at our ages our generation there's um we we have the luxury really of being able to go out and really get after what we want to get after. Yep. Where yeah. that generation before us, our parents, whatever, they didn't have that. There wasn't as many options, and they needed to grind it out. You know. So there's a lot of good lessons there, really. Well, and one thing like I never really got into this with with anybody is like towards the end of my landscaping career, there would be days where I would think about a way to call in sick, and that's not that's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're in the shower and you're like, man, maybe I really don't feel good today. Yeah. And you feel <laughs> yeah. fine. Right. But like when you start, when you start actually saying right. that stuff out loud to yourself, you're like, yeah, yeah it's, it's not, it's not there anymore. Yeah. There's a big difference um, with a lot of people that that is really a differentiating factor when you're able to realize that and then decide. I got to do something different and you go and do it. Yeah. You know? Well, it's because you're not putting your full potential into that, yeah. into that whatever it may be anymore. I can tell you, I mean, I can totally relate. When I when I was coming up, I was in school, um, you know, I was working some, some. I was in business, I was school for business. So I was working some business jobs, working retail, doing these kinds of things. I was working at a local retailer, big national chain. And lunchtime, 
I would go out in my truck and go to sleep. Yep. And I knew, like, I, I figured out after a little while, I'm like, this isn't what normal people do. I'm going to sleep because I hate it and I don't yeah. want to think about it. Yep. You know? So you, you realize that and you start making changes. Yeah. And that's, and that's, so that, I mean, that's really what it, it's like, it's so crazy how small the world really is and how everything does really truly happen for a reason. Like I, I have to tell my kids this too. It's like, uh, again, I apologize. I'm jumping all over the place, but like, I didn't realize that my parents were not wrong until I was like 22 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like you're growing yeah, up your right. whole entire life. You're like, you don't know what the heck you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden one day, I think, I swear it had to be like 22, 23. It just slapped me right across the face. And I'm like, my parents are not wrong. Yep. They actually know what the hell they're uh -huh. talking about. And that, I kind of use that like with my nephews or my, you know, my nieces or my kids. Now I'm like, listen, this may sound like we're trying to tell you this, but we're not wrong. Right. I'm not trying to brag or boast right now. I'm yeah. not wrong because yeah. I lived a little bit of this stuff. And if I didn't live it, my mom and dad lived it. So they educated me yeah. on how not to be an idiot. Yeah. I, it, it's it's so true. I, yeah, I think I'm looking at him like, uh, we <laughs> yeah, get we, it. We run into it with our kids. And I don't know. I, it might be a little bit naive, but I feel like for, for whatever reason, I, I, as a kid, figured that out pretty quick. And I've always been the kind of guy where I'm like, Whoever the elder is, whatever message they're saying, I'm listening. Yep. I might not agree with it, but I'm definitely listening and taking that in. And that's always been my strategy. Oh, there's always something to take. There's yeah. always something to take in from yeah. a conversation like that. Yeah. The only other thing, I had a couple of notes here from when you were talking. Number one, your, um, your boss that you're working with right now, that whole mentality of change or die, I mean, that's 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not, if you're not changing, if you're not, if you're not building on it, if you're not progressing... Mm -hmm. Then you're dying. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah. And in, in, in like, so him and I are only two years separation on age wise. So, like, we're right in that same ballpark. We played sports. He's He coached, I coached, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he gets it. He's a sport mm -hmm. guy. And the cool thing is, is because whenever he talks to you, he talks to you in like a sport analogy, like mm -hmm. a coach would. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as a guy who played three sports in high school, I didn't play outside of high school, but I played three sports a year. It was like, I liked when I had my coaches coach me. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not, I wasn't like the greatest student in the world. Like I, I passed so I could play sports, mm -hmm. you know, B's, C's, that kind of guy. <laughs> eligibility. Yeah. Eligibility. eligibility. <laughs> like that's yeah. it. In which I'm thankful. Like right now my kids are honor roll students and they're good athletes. So I'm like, oh God, I'm glad you get that from Ma. Cause like, that's not the way I flow, you know, <laughs> but like, kind of like, I, I wanted to hit on this before we continue on is like, the other thing I always tell my wife is we're not raising our kids to be dumb like we were. Mm -hmm. We're raising them to be better than mm -hmm. we were. So mm -hmm. uh, again, so it just goes right back to my point is like our, my kids, our kids are better than I was at least, which I'm fine. She's a smart person and everything like that. And, but I just did that to, to stay, you know, eligible for sports. So sure. the way he coaches me is the way my coaches coach me in high school, which I really like. And I mm -hmm. can actually, I can, you know, develop that in my brain. Yeah. And make things make it a reality. Then, when and when you talk about the kids like that, I completely agree with you. But also, on the other hand, you know, you say we're not raising our kids to be dumb like we were, but we, our kids, like we run into that, and especially our son. We've got two older girls, and you know, girls pretty easy going. We, and we can ask about your kids here in a minute. But our youngest is a boy; he's eleven, and he does dumb shit. Period. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's got to be a boy thing. I'm trying to, oh. and, and and you know, and it's sometimes it's to the point where we're like. 
we can bust his ass and make him do what's right. But also we look at it like, let him screw up. Let yep. him go do something yeah. dumb. Yeah. Yep. And that's the other. Because that's, th- that's the only way he's going to learn. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the mentality he's got, you know? That's the other thing my sister did too is with her kids is she's like, I'm going to let you fall. Yep. You're going to fall a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then one day you're going to fall and I will be there to help you. Sure. But you you got to trip mm-hmm. in order to realize oh, yeah. what kind of mistake you're making. And that's the way my parents did with that with us too. Like, I so I had, I had, um, I came from a family of, Jesus, there's six of us. Uh, I have three older brothers. And then I have my sister, and then I have a younger brother. So that's five. I was wrong. Um, okay. Five, including myself, right? And then, um, so it's where like where I have the family. My mom was married once. So that's where my three older brothers come from. Mm-hmm. My dad was married once. That's where my sister comes from. So then my younger brother and I are from my parents, right? Gotcha. But we always said we were a Brady bunch. Like we're not split. There's no split. Like you actually like. So when you would talk to me, just because I ain't got the same last name mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're not my brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like there's times at school where you, people are like, well, they don't have the same last name. I'm like, yeah, it don't matter. He's still my brother. Yeah, He's still my sister. Out, right? yeah, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> so, I mean, so yeah, and that's the way my mom had to be and my dad had to be. It's because like my brothers sometimes would go by their other family and my sister would go by her other mm-hmm. family. But then when they came together, it's like, you're in our, you're in my house and that's the way it's going to be. Uh-huh. But like yeah. kind of to your point, I mean, so they had to do things differently than my, with my sister than with the boys. Oh yeah. And my mom always said, she goes, I would rather have boys than girls. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, and I don't know. I mean, our <laughs> oldest 20, almost, you know, 21, then we have 16 and then yeah. Joel's 11. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think girls are that difficult, but I, mean, what for, about you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for us, uh, you know, at, Definitely at the younger ages, because he's 11. So up until, you know, his age right now is what we know. Um, I'd say he's been tougher. I think what happens, and again, like, because I, I always listen to people. Like, I listen to the elders. I listen to mom mm-hmm. and dad. I listen mm-hmm. to people talk about when they raise kids. I think that it flips. I think the girls are easier when they're younger. And then when they get That's in their true. teenage years, they get harder. And it's flip-flop for boys that when they're younger, they're just little hellions. And then when they become teenagers, they still do dumb stuff, but it becomes easier. They don't have as much drama. They're yep. not, you know. And I will I catch think that's myself. What's going to happen? I got my fingers crossed, yeah. waiting. No, but I will <laughs> catch myself. Sometimes you're not ducking yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, and like you know, he'll get in trouble, and I'll be coming down on him hard. And I'm thinking five minutes later, like the girls, they'll still just be pissed off. Oh yeah. Oh that yeah. attitude. It's just hold grudges. He. He, I think he's forgot about it. Oh, and I'm yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. we good? Oh, this is great. Okay, we're moving on. But it's like, it's so different. So yeah. Boy, how old are your do, kids then? Boys, boys let it go, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. uh, guys can get in a disagreement, <laughs> mm-hmm. want to punch each other in the face, and then two minutes later, we're drinking beer together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> my, I feel for my wife. Like, again, I know a lot of her friends, and they're great people, but I don't know if I could work with women nonstop, even being a woman. Yeah. yeah. And then my mom said the same thing in that factory position mm-hmm. she was in. She goes, I always ate lunch with the guys because you guys are so much easier to deal with. Yeah. A woman uh, at times, and again, like, uh, don't come at me hard with this stuff, but like you do, you can hold grudges, but then, yeah, there's no, a lot more yeah. passion. You mm-hmm. know, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things I learned real quick is a woman is a lot better than a guy. I'm just going to say it mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. You have way more patience. 
you're way more perceptive. Like you can you can pay attention to the slightest detail. Like as mm-hmm. a hunter, Andy, I yeah, yeah. can't see blood very well. When a blood gets on a background of like green and browns and stuff like that, uh-huh. and I think like eighty percent of males can't see it in this color format. I have to have my wife come trail my deer. <laughs> and it, but I'm okay. I'm masculine enough to say that because my wife pays attention to the details mm-hmm. a lot more. She's a lot more yeah. patient than I am. But we're yin and we're yang, mm-hmm. right? That's the way the world works. But then when my wife goes off and is, is crazy, she's crazy, like in a good way. Like she knows how to have fun. And, it, you know, <laughs> she she is, she is. So my wife right now is about, oh, I think, I think Molly, I think you're like four or five or four. She's short. <laughs> four or five and a half. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, but she's, she's seven foot tall, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. She's the tallest yeah. person that walks into the room. And it, like growing up, you heard a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. boys, this were men say, well, my mom was only this tall, mm-hmm. but man, she would whoop your ass if mm-hmm. you said something wrong. Well, yeah. that's the way my wife yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. She's spitfire. But like I, I had, it was funny because I commented on something on Instagram or something like that. And, and it, I can't remember exactly what it was. I'd have to look at my phone. But another guy said like, oh, my wife said the same thing, you know, but I'm like, yeah, but they're also the tallest people in the room at times. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's fun. And I love her to death. And again, we're like yin and we're yang because we both have that outlandish personality. But like, there's times where if I'm the reserved one, you know that things are a little bit weird, like because normally <laughs> she's got to rail me in, but if I have to rail her in, we're the, the world's flipped. Uh-oh. You know, it's it's at a different level. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, yeah, um, uh, fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen. Okay, yeah, so that's that's close. But yes, us ladies can be crazy. I mean, that's yeah. so true. <laughs> it is. I've been pretty tight-lipped over here. <laughs> You're oh, the smart on. one. See what I'm saying? Uh, come on. Uh, I no, mean, my, let's my, be real. I My brother-in-law has a, a saying that I keep thinking of as we talk, <laughs> go through this talk, and it's, um, boys don't forgive, but they'll forget. Women will forgive, but they'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> wow, That's I like that. That That's is pretty really true. good. <laughs> So yeah, I just and yeah, you can apply that to a couple of experiences you probably had over the years, you yeah, know. Makes where sense. We're tough, we're tough. Yeah, I think I was right. You think you're right. Let's have a beer. Right. You know, and yeah. then you know, a lot of times women are the opposite side. Oh, hey, how you been? Oh, I'll miss you. Like, <laughs> is oh, is there any way to get those on shirts before we leave <laughs> this totally. week? Yeah, yeah, we'll put that together. <laughs> that quote, <laughs> that quote. Yeah. So but you have the girls and boy? So I have one a- one girl and two boys. Okay. And my daughter is a fourteen year old. Okay. Okay, so you think boys are easier. That's what we're back to. Um, so uh, because I'm a male, right? I'm a, I'm saying I'm a male, so it's got to be true. Like the things I'm, my daughter is starting to experience and the way my daughter is starting to talk right now, it's like, uh, you never thought that day would come, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like the the trends now of clothing and apparel that we're starting to wear. <laughs> yes. And you're finding yourself being like, you're not leaving the house. Tighter, shorter. Yeah. yeah you're not leaving the house like that. <laughs> Less material. Yes. Like, we just had this conversation. It must have been like a minute ago, but it was, um, she came she came downstairs and she had a hoodie, hoodie sweatshirt on. Fine. But then you're like, oh, okay, we're going this place. Okay, I'm ready to go. We're like, no, you're not. You ain't got no pants on or nothing. She, so she lifts her. I got shorts on, <laughs> but you couldn't even see them. I yeah. always say that to our 16 year old, and she yeah. has an oversized hoodie. I'm like, you got shorts on, mom, duh. Mm-hmm. But I always just got to check her. <laughs> but shorts nowadays are spandex. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, those are less is those are uh, those are underwear. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. It's, it yeah. is crazy. Okay, that's but, good to hear. Okay, though. but then again, but, like my boys are wearing holy jeans. And it, when we, mm-hmm. you didn't earn those holes. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah, Get out there. Yeah. 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 I didn't buy them that way. I freaking right. wore them outside and got them dirty and yep. ripped holes in them by crossing a fence or, yep. you know, throwing <laughs> something around and I snagged and, them on And it. actually, if you had a hole in them, I don't know if it was like this for you guys, but grandma would sew a patch on the inside of the hole. And so that you didn't became a trend. A, yeah, you didn't have a hole anyway. <laughs> right. had a patch on it. had a patch in it. Well, it had scars, you know, just like. You know how a lion, you know, gets scars on its face from fighting and winning the pride. That was kind of like your jeans. The more scars yeah. the yeah. jeans had, the yeah. cooler. Yeah, yeah. The- yeah, but now they're spending <laughs> silly money on that stuff too. It's for like, yeah. and, and the jeans Wild. are getting tighter. Mm-hmm. I don't know for guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody told me um, one of the fishermen I know that actually lives. I think he's in North Dakota. Said that the tight roll is coming back. Yeah, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what the I tight roll is? is right? Yeah, on the jeans. So like fold it over and 80s 90s like when you used to roll your jeans at the end. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's coming back. So did they, but that was like a loose fitting jean, wasn't it or no? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz you had to fold them and then Oh, I could do it right now. And roll it up. You want me to show you? Uh no. Okay. <laughs> You can put your so the tight roll is coming back. Boot up on the counter and all that stuff. Back. Always everything comes back around. <laughs> it does. Always. It really yeah, does. Because like yeah. I think stone wash was a thing for a while, right? Yes. Is that back yeah. again? And bell bottoms, acid wash, and all that. Yeah, the bell even, bottoms came back around. Even like brands now, like they should just be dead and on a shelf, but they 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 recycle. They come back because it's vintage. It's mm-hmm. cool, you yep. know. And mm-hmm. so it's like not even just like a stone wash type of jeans, but. Uh, the brand that actually made those kind of famous, like mm-hmm. they come back too. It's sure. wild. When are Jenkos going to come back in in style? Do you guys remember those at Junkos? all? Jenkos, those big no. baggy jeans. Yeah. I remember the name, but I don't. I don't think I remember seeing. So it. the pocket was about this big on the butt, I'm gonna look and then the, they were what? Junkos. the bell bottoms. Yeah. But who wore them? Just your average dude. <laughs> all the cool kids that could turn a wrench. That had the cool cars, the loud cars. Oh, uh, your biker guys, your grunge guys. Okay. It, it kind of went hand in hand with like Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yeah, they just kind of took it to it was, another. You wore extreme. them with Vans. Oh, yeah, you had to have yep. Vans. So it was kind of yep. like the skater board click. Okay, and, that's what and, I was wondering. Okay, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't okay. never afford Jenkos. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought the Target brand. They were called Utility. Oh, yes, Utility. So I, I forgot utility about Utility. Brand. Wow. Yep. Oh, man, I found them. Yeah. Oh, dude. they are back. J-N-C-O. Is yeah, that what it was? I think J- that. Junko. You, uh, what, how do you say it? We always called them Junkos. Oh, because you thought they were junky? I mean, it's got to be that, well, right? That, that's exactly that's what you're looking yeah. at. So they yeah. are coming back. Wow, new arrivals. <laughs> dude. <laughs> So you could probably go in your closet, Andy, and you I, could probably make a mint selling I, your... No, I never had any of no, those. These things are over $200 a pair on this website. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they were the... I, we, that's you, why you went to Walmart. Ben, are you about, you're about our age, right? Yeah, 40. we're 40. Yeah. Is, yeah. Was things different in Nebraska? Or, or, I yeah. Man, I... Yeah. Honestly, like we were, I mean, we weren't. You had that crowd. You had that crowd. In your I'm, sure they, I'm school, sure they were around. I'm sure they were around. I know you yeah. did. A lot of times. I guess I just didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. I mean, we were. Where we're sitting right now, that that house next door is where I grew up. Okay. So we were down here, um, but we went to school in a little bit bigger town, just a little bit north, because that's where my dad was a cop. So he drove us up there every day. It was more populated, regular suburban type area. Yep. You know what I mean? So we ran Mm -hmm. into a lot of kids like that. Um, I think my class was 
350 people or something like that, which is a pretty good-sized class. Yeah, it's a big class. And there was two high schools in the town. Wow. She went to the other one. That's, yeah. So it was a pretty The better good, one. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Is that how, so were you like east side, west side, yes. right? Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 East and yeah. west, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I spent most of my time down here and doing these kinds of things, but, you know, my crowds were always like more kind of, Outdoor stuff, yep. you know, we we were all truck guys. My my high school trucks in the garage out there that we're trying nice. to restore for my son, you know, that kind of thing. So definitely we ran into stuff like that. I mean, I hung out mm-hmm. with a bunch of people that, yeah. I mean, but I just don't really remember it, I guess. I didn't, yeah, I never really paid a lot of attention to it. I think, and I think that's the thing with a kid, you know, when you're that age, you're not thinking like, right. oh, all these trends and stuff, especially a guy. I mean, that's what we're talking about between the guys and girls. Like the yeah. guys, for the most part... Although guys nowadays have changed a little bit, but yeah. I think yeah, at our, <laughs> at our age. Really? That's another podcast. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. I told you not to go down that hole. <laughs> yeah. I think at our age, we were just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is great. Yeah. Whatever. Hey, if that, yeah. If that floats your boat, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember, Andy, like, again, I'm, uh, don't hate me, but that was like Rage Against Machine oh, type yeah. of fan. Corn. No, see, I was big. No, Corn. Corn that those guys wore those type of jeans. As far as the music yeah. goes, I I love that. But stuff. that was yeah. usually yeah. what was associated sure. with people yep. that were yep. the Jenko yep. brand. And, yep. Yep. and they they had all those CDs. Remember those CDs? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. CDs were things. Because you yeah. had a sleeve. <laughs> uh-huh. Remember, you never yep. kept the cases. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, you got a sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the visor yeah. sleeve? Yeah, we still have his like packs of. Yeah, yeah, so, so like, like yeah. I have a <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus CD. <laughs> Whoa. My, Whoa. I got, yeah. Dude, I it's still listen to it every lot. once in a while. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I don't think I have a car anymore that'll play a CD. I'm, I have my Rubaru, my Subaru Does it? plays a CD. Yep. Well, our daughter drives one that's a, it's like a 2011, and that I does have a CD player. I think there is a CD player, CD player yeah. in there. Yeah. 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 That's a Subaru also, yeah. Yep. Oh. I, love, I love my Subaru, but yeah, Crazy. CDs, man. Yep. Billy but, Ray. I can't believe the thing still plays. Yeah. I mean, the disc itself, it's not all scratched up and skipping and stuff. Uh, Actually, it's funny because, like, I don't know if it plays in my car or not because I tried to play, like, Garth Brooks. Remember when Garth Brooks came out with the, 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 like the CD pack, it mm-hmm. had like all mm-hmm. roping in the wind mm-hmm. and all the yep. great yep. Garth Brooks. Yep. I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan. Like, it's great. I had them all, but those won't play because those are a little too scratched all right. up. All yeah. right. Okay. Did but, you? I, I remember. I, I don't think we had enough money to buy one, but I remember they came out with this thing that was going to, they were like resurfacing the discs. Yeah. You could buy that thing oh. and you could put them in it. Do you remember, ever mm. remember yep. hearing that? Yeah. It like cleaned yeah. them. Yeah. The disc yeah. cleaners. I didn't have one, but I remember a friend that would, I always it thought worked. that was such a cool thing yeah. because all of our discs would skip. And oh I was yeah. Like, if I can fix these things. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause for a while there, like when DVDs were a thing, which again, I'm still a collector of DVDs. Um, you used to be able to take them to like the what was the movie places? Not Blockbuster, but they're like movie gallery or something like that. Uh-huh. They always had one of those resurfaces. Oh, they were. Oh, wow. And like a dollar DVD or CD oh, or whatever the heck it service. was. Oh, it'd be worth it. Man, we've like our brief window of time. That was the ticket. Yeah. DVD resurfacing and CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have got into that. <laughs> well, might, might be able to. Oh, Dude, gosh. see, like our parents think of that stuff. That's that's like talk about eight tracks and records right, and right, right. forty fives. That's all coming back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. I had a record Vinyl's player in my right old now. house. Yeah. I gave it to my buddy, and like it's still something cool to go down in his basement, and start drinking, and yep. throw a record on. You know, but that was that's for our parents. That was the ticket. Yeah, for sure. It, and it is kind of cool to hear some of those like vintage sounds. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. brings you back a little bit. Yep. Kind yep. of the popping noise of the vinyl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
Well, that was a fun little tangent. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So where are you at now? The the real shot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even yeah, I don't yeah. remember why oh, yeah. we're here. It's well, you guys, uh, we're going to chat a little bit about um, kind of what brought you to town. And, and Yeah, so so fast forward. So um, real shot, real shot. Um, I, I worked as assistant manager. I ran a store for a while. And then, again, kind of like, I think I was like four or five years. It must have been five or five years into it. I kind of hit like a lull again where crushing it sales wise um, on the sales floor. I mean, and then, but it, it was a lot of like open to close, open to close seven days a week. Cause we were short staffed at the time just yeah. cause we didn't anticipate the, the magnitude of the, the reach we were going to get. So anyways, I did that. And um, because I have a great relationship with Brian, I went to him like, I need a change. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just need a change. Well, again, uh, you you say that to most bosses, they're like, well, guess what? You're replaceable. Right. right. Yeah. But he's not that way. So we, this isn't like for us at the store. We were like, okay, well, we don't really have a social media presence. Well, you have a page, but we don't really have a presence. I'm like, what about marketing? What about social media? What about that? And he's like, well, I don't really have a budget for somebody to do that. Well, I said, what well, if I do it in tangent with working on the floor? Sure. You know, so we we started there and then it kind of grew. And like, I'm not saying I killed it because so I don't know. Social media is one of the hardest games to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're not doing it 24-7, you're behind like we talked about because it, it really is. Yeah. You have to, and that's that's my one of my full time jobs now is marketing, and you got like there's just a, how many days with social media you're just like I just don't want to today. Yeah, right. But if you have that mentality, you're you can't you can't do that. You got to be posting, and for me, it's the creativity. It's like, man, everybody always posts stuff that's so awesome. Like I'm just lame. Like I don't maybe I don't live that cool of a life. So Brian took a chance and we we turned it into kind of a marketing role and social media role. Well, it was 2019 where, again, because he's a forward thinker and the technology finally caught up, he's like, I got an idea. I want to do a bracketed fishing tournament and I want to live stream it. Okay. I'm like, awesome. Like, All right, we're, let's we're, go. Cool. We're, how am I a part of this? Well- we're going to host it and I need somebody to talk about it. I'm like, well, like I know about fishing, but I, I like, I don't mm-hmm. know about fishing. Like I'm not on the caliber or some, or caliber of some of these anglers. So he, we did it in the 2019. It was two events. It was two bass events in Wisconsin and it was a September and an October event. Like in fishing world, it should be the most ideal time because the fish are feeding up. They call it like they're getting ready for the ice. They're getting ready for winter. So they should be a really good bite. Well, in typical head-to-head fashion, cold, rainy, windy, terrible conditions. Mm -hmm. But we live-streamed the event, and we actually went Saturday all day, and Sunday we turned around and did the whole thing. So the way head-to-head works at the time, it was was eight anglers, and they were single events, and it was like a bracket. So we had a pairing show. We seated them one through eight. And they went head-to-head against each other until there was one person remaining. 
And it, so we we live stream Saturday. I think we started at like seven. We fish seven to noon. They're five hour events. Artificial lure only, catch way release, all this kind of stuff again because the technology needed to keep up with it. Plus, if you own a sporting goods store, you got to sell baits. If you use live bait, you don't sell a lot of live sure. bait. Right? Yep. You got to you got to move sense. product. And yep. as a, a push in the envelope, artificial only tournaments are a thing, but they're not as popular as using live bait because at times live bait outfishes anything. Mm-hmm. So we did that. We started at we him and I actually he brought his fifth wheel camper and we stayed because he lived 45 minutes away i live an hour away from where i work right now so we actually slept in the camper so we would get done we went seven to noon we took an hour break and then we went one to six and then by in that time of year we're like we're losing light fast so him Mm -hmm. and i would by the time we got done doing everything it was eight eight nine o'clock slept in his in his camper in the parking lot of the real shot and then did it all the next day Jeez. And it was it was awesome. Like we live streamed it. We actually had comments. We had the chat opened up. Now we're not the f- original f- um, event to live stream fishing, but we're the first ones to bracket it, and we're the first ones to actually monitor and care about what the the viewers think. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of fans that watched nonstop all weekend. Like, and we're not talking like amazing numbers. There's maybe 100, 200 people on at yeah. one time but for live stream events. That mm-hmm. was an insanity. Yeah. So we did that at the end of September and we did it the first part of October and it, it was like, holy shnikes, like this is a real deal. Like people actually love this crap yeah, and they want yeah. to watch more and more. Plus the other thing was, is they could relate it back to the real shot because they recognize me, they recognize mm-hmm. Brian, you mm-hmm. know, and it was, it was, if you ever go, if you go to the back to head to head fishing on YouTube and you watch the original stuff from 2019, it is a crap show. <laughs> like Brian's in it. Brian is running the live stream, commentating, and making sure it doesn't implode on itself before it really <laughs> ever took off. There was one other gentleman there, another producer, who was talking to our camera operators, making, you know, because the technology was so brand new and some of it was like so cobbled together that things were breaking, things were failing, live streaming wasn't working as yeah. well. Like one of them actually, I think their camera broke. So we had to drive an hour to get them a new camera. And it was just, but people loved it. Like cameras were dropping nonstop throughout <laughs> the event. You know, like somebody mm-hmm. would just be in the process of a hook set and then the camera would drop in. But, <laughs> but it, and it was a real shit show. You couldn't have had great internet out there, did you? On some of the bodies of water, because that was the other thing in 2019, we live streamed from three different bodies of water. Mm-hmm. So we had like one matchup on one lake and then another matchup oh. on another lake, like a half an hour away. Hmm. And then our championship matchup would have been on a totally different body of water. Okay. So some areas had good, because we had to check it all. Mm-hmm. And that was a good excuse to go fishing on some of these sure, bodies yeah. of water. But we had to li- check the live stream <laughs> and the technology and make sure it all worked. So like that was our 2019 and it was awesome. It was a huge success. People loved it and they could relate it back to it. And, it's, and it was a lot of fun. And then in 2020... We brought it back, but we amped it up. So 2020, we all know in March, COVID mm-hmm. hit, yeah. right? Well, because our event was different, like I had planned, I had worked from the end of October all the way to just before we launched the, the season, I had planned lakes. Our goal was to go to Minnesota and Wisconsin, fish Minnesota and Wisconsin for bass and walleye events. We were going to go into the walleye world because in the walleye world, there's tournaments, but there was no live stream tournaments. 
And bass fishing, there's a lot of live stream tournaments. There's very popular ones, mm-hmm. and we're not the first ones to do it, nor, but we are one of the first ones to live stream walleye events. So we did 13 different events in 2020, but we weren't able to go to Minnesota because of COVID. But COVID was one of the best things for us because we're our people. They're at home, mm-hmm. and they can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. Well, we're a live stream event on the internet, and it was astonishing the people that watched. Like we're talking like four or five thousand people. Wow, were watching our event, and we were live streaming to Facebook and YouTube, and it was like we were monitoring all the chat and all mm-hmm. the, and it was awesome. People cool. loved it, and we were. Like we do roll call during uh, some of the head to head events. We're like, where are you watching from? How are you watching? And people were like, not even in the United States mm-hmm. watching head to head. And they're like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. How do I get this in my state? And this is the best thing ever. And we love it. And and this is so it's five hours of nonstop live streaming. Sweet. We took uh, like very few breaks. And if we did, it was like I had to go to the bathroom because mm-hmm. I've been sitting in a chair for four <laughs> hours nonstop. Or mm-hmm. I don't even think we had commercials at that time, but we'd just take a short break every once in a while or if something went down anyways. So it was five days in a row, five hours of nonstop live coverage, bass fishing and walleye fishing. And it just blew people's minds. And we started in March and we ended, our last event was in October. And it was just nonstop. And we and it was the best thing in the world. So in 2021, because the owner is such a forward thinker, we stopped doing bass events and we went on the pro side of walleye fishing. We called it the PWS. So head-to-head is a bracketed format, right? So we st- in 2020, we went 16 anglers, 16 single anglers. So it was field of 16 narrowed down to one. And then we then because we were ever-changing, like this, it's not our slogan, but it should be our slogan at head-to-head is like we're not your typical tournament. So if you're here to watch somebody catch the five biggest bass or the five biggest walleye, you're, you're not, you're not going to be a fan. This is because we're every fish that's above two pounds – and we're catch weight release, we're artificials only. And we almost because like streaming and gaming is a thing mm-hmm. and people love that crap, we're we're like kind of molding the two worlds together. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So if you if you like streaming and you like gaming and you like a little bit of drama and you want to see all this stuff, that's where head to head is for you. Like you Makes can go sense. watch other formats where they'll catch every one pound fish and weigh it, or they'll you'll get to watch a weigh in live but you don't know what the hell happened on Mm -hmm. the water Mm -hmm. well the thing that people loved about head to head is they got to watch it right here right now they got to see you go fish that bait and actually know how to work that bait in artificial lure instead of just putting on a leech or putting on a crawler or throwing a minnow out you got to work that bait and i can't i can't hide it the fact that i'm fishing this lure and how i'm catching fish on this so it turned into education. Mm-hmm. And then myself and whoever was in the booth with me, we were doing our best. We call it armchair angling. Like, why the hell do you think he did what he just did or mm-hmm. they did what they just did? Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in the chat was responsive to that. Some of them would argue against us and some of them would educate. Mm-hmm. And it had to head turn into a huge education port as well. Like, And then it turned into, well, the real shot sells baits that these guys are using – so they could buy them directly from the real shot. Sure. Yep. 
So we're just feeding each other. Yeah. You know, and, and it worked. It was yeah. a giant infomercial, if we're going to call it something yep, like right, that. But right. it, it, we're not force feeding it to you. I don't yeah. need to because you're yeah. watching it work. Yeah. All I'm going to do is, here, here's a link. Mm-hmm. You want that bait? And I'll tell you what, just because you're, you're a loyal fan, I'll give you 10% off mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And it just got crazy. Mm-hmm. It got crazy. So we went to the Pro Walleye Series. We went from 16 to 32. It was still single events. But now it was a traveling team. It was a traveling format. So they fished Monday, Tuesday. We set the bracket on Wednesday. We called the grade eight. Eight anglers fished Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then a champion took home some big money. And it was big payouts. It was awesome. But the walleye world, for whatever reason, is just not, it's just not keeping up with the times. And we thought we were doing that. And it just didn't work the way we wanted it to. And I shouldn't say that. He had to have, or the PWS was a huge success. But it was it's just like the demand, the the outcry from the fans of head to head were like, We want you back bass fishing. We want you back in, you know, Wisconsin. We want hmm. this and this. So this year alone, um, we're back to um bass and walleye events. And it's in the state of Wisconsin. We got a couple in Minnesota. And it's it's back to the original sixteen, but now we're teams. We tried teams. The fan, all cry was, we want to see team events. We want to see team events. So now we're team events, you know. And the, some of the thing we, some of the the slack against head to head is like, we guys are ever changing. We're ever changing because we listen. Mm-hmm. It was like we talked about yeah. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You gotta be yeah. flexible you, in this you, space. You gotta so be flexible because we listen and we make changes. They take that as a negative. And we're changing for the better. Mm-hmm. Now, there's got to be times when you got to make the change, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to do it at a certain time. But, like, we change because we listen. Our angler comes to us after an event and says, you know what? I don't like this. This is kind of dumb. Well, if now you're just one, okay, that's – yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Now, if all of a sudden everybody comes mm-hmm. to us, well, okay, fine. Let's change it. Why? Yeah. If you don't like mm-hmm. it, I need you to fish this event. Our fans want you to fish this event. Let's change it. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like, again, like some other formats don't want to change. Mm-hmm. And, and it's tough. People don't like change, but we change, yeah. but we typically, knock on wood, most of the changes for the best. From a fan standpoint, you're probably only going to hear from the people that don't like it, you know, for the most yes. part. Yeah. And that, so you're getting that, but the majority of it probably does like what's going on. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that the chat is sometimes it's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, and sometimes right, it's the worst right, thing. Right. And when it, <laughs> when it goes negative, it goes negative fast. Sure. Yeah. But then all of a sudden you'll, you'll see that little gleam of light where somebody starts like, oh, here's the ambulance is coming or, you know, the chat <laughs> will start actually kind of going at it. Going at each other. Going yep. at yep. it themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. They'll, they they take care of it. Then that's oh, yeah. You know, so like I used to get super frustrated reading the chat. I used to be like, oh, man, like mm-hmm. it's hard to stay motivated, mm-hmm. commentate on fishing, and then you read like the negative stuff, your negative stuff. But then like the head-to-head fans start coming out and they'll explain it for you. Sure. And mm-hmm. then they'll, oh, Oh, son of a that makes a lot right. of sense now makes your yeah. job a little easier when yes. you're doing it yeah yep. and, and then all of a sudden next thing you know you got head-to-head fans all over the place and it's it's awesome so um so head-to-head was 20 2019 and then 2020 hit and brian came to me too and he's like hey i have another idea we have all this live stream equipment i don't want it sitting here collecting dust in between events let's do something else with it i'm like okay i'm listening he goes, I want you to host a show. I'm like, well, I already do host a show for you. He's like, no, I want you to go fishing and hunting and live stream it. 
Dude, that's a boss. That's like everything I hear at News Channel Nebraska. Well, baseball's over. What's now? What's now? What's now? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, hmm. hmm. So you're telling me I'm going to get paid to go fishing and hunting. Yeah. And he's like, just so you know, you're going to be the most hated person around here. And I'm like, yeah. yeah right, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I love it. Yeah. So my dream of hosting my own show full circle almost 10 years later or you know it was seventh seventh grade but mm-hmm. almost 10 years at the real shot or fixed productions is mm-hmm. now our parent company now is is come true sweet so it started in 2020 because of covid hit they shut down guiding and they shut down everything mm-hmm. in the state of wisconsin so i couldn't do anything i did the very first uh head or i'm sorry the guided life is what the show is called in july and off of head to head, I went out with some walleye anglers who actually fished some of our events, and we try to use bass plastics to catch walleyes because in the time, like that's not a thing. Like, hmm. like the world between bass fishing and walleye fishing, they collide. They're like, I hate your fish, you hate my <laughs> fish. We can't be <laughs> friends. Uh-huh. Like, there's no reason. But then a lot of times you hear like, well, when I'm out walleye fishing, I catch a lot of smallmouth bass. And when I'm out smallmouth bass fishing, I catch a lot of big walleyes. So why? Well, a lot of your tactics are crossover. And most of the time, you're using artificial baits when you're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, you hear like a bass fisherman, ah, oh, God, I was flipping and I caught a stupid walleye. I just hate catching. <laughs> well, you know, the idea is coming forth. It's like, well, yeah, you guys are friends. You mm-hmm. surely should be friends. Mm-hmm. And if a bass fisherman's finding walleyes, talk to him. Like, where are sure. you catching yep, these walleyes? I'd yeah. love to... You know, why do we got to hate each other? So with it, with um, the guided life, I, I kind of use that to my, my power. I'm like, let's go catch some walleye with bass plastics, you know, but mm-hmm. then I'm going to, I'm going to talk to some of these head to head anglers yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to twist it. So with the guided life, it's no different than any other show, right? Like there's a hundred million shows out there where and somebody goes fishing or hunting with a guide. But my angle to the show is I don't want it to be about me. I want it to showcase a guy like Andy. Because Andy puts his bus's ass yeah. to keep me happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what you were doing then this morning. That's what we were for doing. for your we, show. Yeah, we're filming. We're trying but to, is it? Right. So we tried to kind of do a little bit of a catch-all here. Okay. Uh, so, you know, part of what, what I've done for a long, long time is Ponca Creek Outfitters up on our family ranch. Yeah. Um, my father and I have owned and operated that for, uh, I can't even tell you, a really long time. And uh, Garrett now, our producer on our uh-huh. show, helps out with the guiding. He's actually guiding some guys that booked a long time ago. They're return customers, father, son, real cool, real cool guys out of Georgia. Uh, so we couldn't go there. Um, and this was our window. So I'm yep. like, let me let me talk to Ben and Morgan. Oh, yeah. And I think I think I could still take you out on a turkey hunt, a Nebraska turkey hunt, and it all came together. So here we are now, and. Uh, we had a pretty good morning, a lot of action. It, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And like, cause I had Andy on, like I have host kind of a podcast show as well. Like I live stream. The okay. Guide so of what's life. that? You can say. The Guide of Life. So yeah. Okay. So uh, like the Guide of Life is now in 2022. That's what year it is. It's kind of, it went twofold, right? So if I'm not out filming in the field, I do in studio stuff. Okay. And so I asked Andy if he would join me in studio uh, via live stream or Skype or whatever the heck it was. And so I had Andy on, but the whole time I my 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 feel for the fire is like, God damn, I'd love to come to Nebraska turkey hunt. <laughs> that came up in the conversation. Yeah, 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 you know. A couple times in the conversation. And he's like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Well, I think you realize that we had fun on that show. Yeah, yeah. And then let's make it happen. So we did. And yeah. It, and I'm real I'm glad we're out. I'm glad. But how'd I'm out you guys here. meet? 
Okay, so we expanded at Ponca Creek Outfitters into uh, oh, yes. guiding fish uh, uh, fishing trips. Okay. And it was always something where we would have a group of turkey hunters in. They would tag out on day one. Now we had three guys with an entire weekend. And we got, well, we got the Missouri River, we got the Niagara River, we got all these farm ponds that we stock with largemouth bass and crappie. So they would go fishing, they would have a blast. And I think a lot of those guys would come back just to go fishing on our farm ponds. So I'm like, we got to figure this out. We got to at least offer this uh, through Ponca Creek Outfitters. So I wanted to find somebody and friend through a friend got us in touch with a guy by the name of Thomas Larson. This guy is awesome. He's by far the best walleye guy I've ever met. Uh, and I love going fishing with this guy because he puts you on the fish. Yep. And the Missouri Dang. River up where we're at, it's between two dam systems there for like a 20-mile stretch. You better know where you're putting your boat. Otherwise, you'll bury it, you'll beat it up, all this other stuff. So it, it's very extremely valuable to have a guy like Thomas. And when I put it to him, like, well, could you guide for Ponca Creek Outfitters? Because he already had his own thing going, you know, and he was building his brand. He goes, yeah, of course. And then, of course... <laughs> Uh, a couple weeks later, he's like, I don't know if I'll be able to guide as much as I want to for you because I'm getting in this tournament called Head to Head. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Look at yeah. that. So Tiller Tommy is his nickname. He fished Head to Head in 2021. All that networking and, yeah. and there yeah. you are. So and I, when when Thomas came to uh, Wisconsin for our, like our media day, I'm like, oh, Nebraska. I'm like, man, you guys got some awesome turkeys out there. I said, what do you got? You got an opportunity? I'd love to come out. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like it never worked. But then now it worked. Like yeah. I'm out here, so no pressure. So really. and then you saw some this morning. Heard some. Heard. Heard some toms. Saw some hens. But yeah. yes, you saw some hens. Yeah, we were covered up in turkeys, and we, you know, we did call a couple of hens that walked through our decoys. I mean, that setup was kind of what I envisioned. Mm-hmm. It's just that those couple of hens didn't pull a couple of toms. <laughs> so where them. do you think the toms were then? If we. I mean, is that just like a loaded question? That's so dumb. Well, no, but. I I think they stayed down because yeah. of the wind. Okay, so, so not not knowing like if the wind out here is a common thing for a turkey, and that's where I rely on Andy with the knowledge. Mm-hmm. When it's windy like that, like they want to stay low, they want to stay out of the wind. And the other thing too is like Andy alluded to earlier is this inconsistent spring. Normally, by now, the flocks have broken up. So turkeys run in like what they call bachelor groups in the off season. So okay. spring of the year, right? Like from fall till just about this time of year, turkeys are in big flocks and they're in bachelor groups, meaning like so all the males run together. We're better in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And then and then um, this time of year, we're starting to set dominance. I want every girl I can get to myself. I don't want you around. So me. you separate. You okay. separate. So we like he goes and finds his territory. I go find my territory, and then okay. let's let's a duo duo to find what call as many females into my side over his side. Mm-hmm. So, oh. but the thing is, is you need the the good spring to start to separate the flocks. And the inconsistencies in the weather has the birds like they're not sure if they should stay flocked up in their their feeding patterns for winter groups or if they should start separating in their spring groups for for breeding purposes. And I think we just need a couple more warm days to really get it into swing where it should be. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean it's just it's a total adrenaline rush if you've never done it when you're hitting your call, you know your your hen call, and uh, Tom hammers back at you that big old gobble. 
and then you hear him strutting up towards you. I mean, the hair on the back of your neck. Stand, I've I've called in hundreds of turkeys for clients, and it, uh, it you never lose that feeling. No, you know, it's just it it's, sounds so cool. <laughs> I've never done it. You've turkey hunted. Yeah, I mean, we've been out a bunch I of mean, times, so but many I've, times, I but. personally, I've never shot one. Okay, I mean, I've seen them a bunch around here. Mm-hmm. Probably had a couple of chances where we could take some shots, but I, you know, I'm I'm more in it for like what you guys were talking about today, like that sport of getting them called in, getting yep. them close, knowing mm-hmm. you can take them rather than having to reach out for one, you and, know, that kind of thing. And that's the part that's addicting is like, I know that I'm talking to you and I got to tell you the thing you want to hear. Yeah. So you yeah. want to come check right. me out, whether right. I'm, I'm sweet talking to you or I'm pissing you off or yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, it ain't happening in my territory, but you know, you <laughs> should move on. And so and, like this morning we had a group of three Toms with some hens still grouped up yet. Because there hasn't been enough of the pecking order set where they're like, they're going to separate. And then we had a lone bird in one direction and another lone bird in another direction. So, like, at, we had five toms around us oh, at yeah. one point. We were covered up in birds. And so we came out late last night or right at dusk and we did what you call roosting them and we hit it with an owl call. And sure enough, a tom hammered back at us and it sounded like he might have only been 100 yards in here mm-hmm. into these woods. Mm-hmm. So now I'm left with this dilemma. Do do I push in there too far and risk spooking him? Because the closer you can get, obviously, the better. And I did not want to risk going too far into it. And there's all the leaves from the winter mm-hmm. still there. It's hard to be quiet. So I, we didn't go too far in there. And I was relying on us calling them up to us. And it worked. Uh, we got those two hens to come up, but we couldn't get enough of the flock to bring the toms up to us. Yep. So I think they were just over the ridge. And, I mean, we heard that one gobble. It sounded like that guy might have been only 70 yards away, yeah. 60 maybe. And he got hung up and decided to stay just down over that ridge, you know. And, I mean, that's turkeys do that all the time. They just stay right out of Yeah. Well, in order to be successful hunting, you got they say you got to scout more than you hunt. And, I mean, even though we weren't successful this morning, we still scouted the situation. So going back at it tonight, we have a real good idea. Like, we... You, you almost, if the situation is the way it is right now, you got to get between their roosting where they're going to go to bed and where they're like feeding or lounging kind of, kind of situation. So that's what we think we have figured out. We think we know a natural transition where they're going to want to go through there and hopefully yeah. come, come by us and say yeah. hello, you know, get the nail yeah. on the head and I'll make an, one more excuse for us. Our second that. setup, uh, I mean, we weren't there for five minutes and we heard something walking behind us and it was a coyote. <laughs> and let me tell you something that doesn't help turkeys, turkey hunting, coyotes. coyotes. They don't help any hunt. No. Unless so. you're hunting a coyote. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so when you say you were covered in turkeys, like you visually or you just heard them from we, someone that doesn't know. Yeah. Like, what you I'm know saying they're there yeah, yeah, because you've I heard just, them. Yeah. We just okay. know that they're there. So in my and, interpretation, that means I've seen them. Yeah. They're all around but us. You're, you, we can only hear them, but they're everywhere. Okay. Like, you, you know, like Andy said, like three would gobble off to our right and then one would gobble back off to our left. So we, we're right where we need to be. I think it was just the elevation was the difference. And you said this morning you saw two females. Yeah. Yep. They came up. They to came us. up. So yeah. then are they dumber? Because they the guys stayed back. Well, no, they because of the wind or like what's going on? They wanted a question. (laughs) So so our calling that that trip there triggered to say like who is this chick? 
Who's? Yeah. Oh. Why is she talking to my guy or to my flock? So your call was yeah. we're calling a girl call. We're yeah. females yeah. <laughs> okay. trying to trying to talk to another. And that's you. That's a great question. I, I, yeah, I no, thought you is. guys were calling yeah. as a. No, no, a male wouldn't well, call can, another male. That that's dumb. Well, no, not necessarily. You can like okay. you can gobble at another Tom because you want to piss him off enough. And or on the other side of that, I gotcha. Or you want to the you want the females to be like, ooh, he might sound like he's got a little better voice oh, than you hear. So I you like want to become an investigator. Right. So, like when we called those two hens in, I think the Tom that was Andy said was seemed like seventy yards away was trailing them. I think he was going to come look, but something just wasn't right. Oh. You know, it's okay. like- they, He might've had four with him and he's like, ah, I'd let those two go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that. Know. Okay. Or or from his vantage point, because like the, the thing for me is the terrain here is so much different than what I'm used to hunting. Mm-hmm. And with the fingers and the, the deep valleys and all that kind of stuff, like you got to, like visibility in my mind, turkey hunting is one of the best things you need because- you need to not only see where the hell they are, but you need they need to see you if you're using decoys. But there's a lot of people that are successful with, you know, just getting in tight, like in working them in with the calls and so on and so forth, or just getting on a natural pattern. But from maybe from that Tom's vantage point, he could see the other flock where we couldn't. And he knew that, okay, like this sounds pretty interesting up here, but it looks like there's a better party down there. Maybe I want to go check stay. that out. Okay. And they were making noise over there too. Like we were competing against at least two different flocks. Yep. You know, so we we're trying to grab attention from hens, from toms, and it, yeah, it just didn't come together where we actually got a tom to, to cross in front of us. Yeah, because at one point we turned and we talked to each other. We were like, okay, so like there's a couple hens down there that are real boisterous. They were really yelping and clucking and purring and all this stuff. And I said, we got to compete with what they're doing. Because we got to be better than what they are, or we have to be at the same point that those hens are talking to make them want to come up here. Because mm-hmm. the hens are dominant as well. So you upped your game. Yeah. So in like, like so maybe I was calling and I said, okay, Andy, we both got to call. Okay. So we sound more like the flock, like they want to be. And then the one thing when them when them hens start talking the way they do, like when they start yelping real loud or purring and whatever the heck they are doing, it. If and you know that there's toms with them, you got to go to their level. You got to bring it. So when it, you almost got to cut them off. So if a hen's yelping, you got to start yelping. So you're like, like shut up. And you can just tell that they don't like that. They don't. And so they're going to come in. Because they'll start doing it more and more. They're like, you know, they're yelping, yelping, yelping. And if you start yelping right back at them, they're like, yeah, uh-uh, not today. That is so crazy and, and interesting to me. And the turkey's main defense, like with a deer, they can smell. They can smell so well, and you got to play the wind, all those things. A turkey, their best line of defense is their vision. Yep. So that's why we're all camoed out. That's why we're trying to hang out in the shade. And that's why it's so important, and I just did not want to risk going another 100, 200 yards. Because as soon as you pop your head over that ridge and that whole flock looks up at you, and it just takes one to see you, yep. it's over. So oh. I just feel you're so much better off hanging back and relying on your call and a little bit of luck. So they're the, not going to smell you, though? No. No. The, they're not. The like saying you. is okay. if a turkey could smell, you'd never kill one. Be- so something's wrong with it. Because, no, it's just their their eyesight is... The, oh. The adage is a turkey could see you blink at 100 yards. And it's not that far off the truth. Like, there's days... So, like, it depends. If you're deer hunting, you'll see turkeys and they'll come up, like, three feet from you. When you're turkey hunting, 
you can't get within 100 yards of them. Because, it is, and, and there's probably something to the season, right? Yeah, oh, I mean, 100%. Like they, they make the season this time of year for a reason. Yep. yep. It's it ups, pressure. It ups the game. It's pressure. Yeah. It's it's more vulnerable at this point, right? Yeah. Like a white-tailed yeah. deer is vulnerable in November. Yeah. Because he's got one thing on his mind. Yeah, right. And, and yep. the Tom Turkey's the same way. Yeah. This time oh. of year, he's got one thing on his mind. Right. Yeah. You know, but like, he's also probably kind of to what you're talking about. His senses are heightened. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because he's listening. You yep. know, he's got to protect yep. his territory as well. Because, mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, it's crazy. And like, so the other, I I help with a uh, a thing that's in in uh, Wisconsin called the Learn to Hunt, and it gets people that never hunted into hunting. And the part that I help with is the turkey hunting part of it because it's spring and it's great. It gets kids, it gets adults, and virtually it's it's a free program. You get a tag for free. It's a free weekend. The co- the place I work with provides food. All this guy. It's an awesome more awesome so organization for me. Yeah, exactly. It really is. It really is. And like my daughter did it. My dad did it. My two boys did Sweet. it. I've taken a lot of people through the course as a mentor. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is there's a, a four hour class that happens on a Thursday before the hunt, which is Saturday and Sunday. But they have a, one guy talk about tips and tactics. They have a biologist come in. A male turkey has like an eighty percent success rate, meaning like it's not very successful. Between Mother Nature, predators, and hunters, eighty percent of tom turkeys die every year. Hmm. Like their mortality rate is That's insanely high. high. Yeah, it's a tough. It's, it's seem, a tough gig. It, it seems that wow. seems so crazy because, and that was one of the things I was touching on earlier that I kind of wanted to bring up is, uh, it it, there, it seems like we see more and more of them every year, like they're multiplying yeah. like mad. It seems like to yeah. me, yeah. In at uh, least around here, Nebraska as a whole was booming, booming, booming. Then our game and parks uh, saw, wow, we could. Uh, uh, maybe profit off of this a little mm-hmm. bit more. So mm-hmm. they drop tag prices like youth tags. And I think that's great or $5, but um, all tags are like over the counter. You're allowed three times. Like there's just so much pressure. So in like a lot of areas that are like known for turkey hunting, um, you're starting to see maybe the numbers go the opposite direction. And a lot of that just has to do with our conservation efforts. And maybe uh, there's a debate to be had over yeah. some of the decisions being made with the game and park. Hmm. I, I don't know what would be a good number, but in – Basically, like what you drive through to get up here and then where we're at up here, it might be 100 acres. Mm-hmm. And every year I see probably three, what would you call them, hatch, hatchings or hatchlings of-, of Yeah, of, Pults are the, yeah, the little guys. Yep. The pults. I, mean, I mean the family. So mm-hmm. like probably three separate ones running around mm-hmm. that'll have 15 or 20- yeah. You know, little babies chasing them, and 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 their survival rate's probably pretty low. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah. of those chicks, but um, but it seems like every year there's a ton, right. there's a ton of them. Yeah, you know, and that's how it was really across the board in Nebraska for I would say the last twenty years, just numbers going up, up, up. I'm just saying, like recently, like the last yeah. five to seven years, where our game and parks really opened it up instead of one or a two tag limit. Mm-hmm. Now it's like three. And then the, now there's also fall hunting, which uh, turkey hunting purists are like. Get out of here with that. There's mm. no turkey hunting in fall. Really? And Nebraska's just opened it up like, shoot them whenever you want, however you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> right. use a shotgun, use a crossbow, whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. and other states like Iowa, they're like, nope, only spring, only bow for this time, only shotgun for, like, other states regulate it so much more so than Nebraska. So that kind of adds some fuel to the 
the fire that you're talking about, like those chat rooms. Yeah. <laughs> there's some pretty lively discussions about uh, turkey hunting in the Cornhusker state. Well, and there's conversations going all over the United States right now with turkey populations diminishing. And I haven't paid much attention to it, so I don't know if it's a disease that's going around or if it's over overpopulation or overhunting. I mean, that, that's the other thing that COVID did too is it got a lot more people in the outdoors, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, I mean, we need to be strong in numbers, right? We don't need to be yeah. competing with each other, but in a way we're competing with each other. Mm-hmm. You go to the bodies of water, there's more people fishing nowadays, there's more people in your parks and all that stuff, which is great. Go outside, get off your damn phone, get off your, mm-hmm. your computer, mm-hmm. but listen to this podcast. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> But you can do listen it outside. to this while you're fishing, right? Yeah, yeah. do it outside. But na- and that's the other thing that really, I mean, it, if you want to view it, 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 there's a lot more people hunting and fishing nowadays because what did you have to do in 2020? You're locked in your house, so you had to go outside and do something. Sure. And they did, and they went hunting and fishing, mm-hmm. they went camping and stuff, social distancing. Well, that's where that's where everybody went. So there are there are conversations, there are things going on with other YouTube channels and stuff like that, helping to get the turkey population back up. I mean, tur- the turkey in the United States is like the success story. I mean, at it, it, one time, who was it? Wanted it the national bird. Teddy Roosevelt, right? Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin oh, wanted it to yeah. be the national really? bird instead of the yeah. bald eagle because Shoot. it wasn't it wasn't a thing in the United okay. States. Now I think I think even Hawaii has a turkey yeah, population. Yeah, they do. Yep. Eastern really? over there. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of one of my... I haven't got Ashley sold on that vacation yet, turkey oh, hunting in Hawaii. She's got to jump. <laughs> I would think she'd be like, yeah, let me go to the beach and then yeah, let's I, go turkey hunting. No? Looks like fun to me. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to double date that one because I'm go. trying to <laughs> convince my wife that's where we need to go for our honeymoon that Networking. we haven't celebrated yet. Networking. Yeah. Yes. There's, but there's, like, there's, a, there's a deer population that's out there as well on, on the Hawaiian Islands. I think it's the Sika deer or the fallow deer. I think it's a fallow deer. I don't know anything about But it's, that. again, it has zero predators. Yeah. So you think we have a lot of whitetails in Nebraska and Wisconsin or Iowa. They have zero predators mm-hmm. on these islands, and they're on islands, so they can't go anywhere. Oh, jeez. So they have these fallow deer, which are you know delicious, so I've heard. Or is it axis? I can't remember. Somebody will correct me. But there, there's a ton of them, and I want to go there and shoot them. But because there's so many of them, the flip side of that, they're so they are super smart because they want people to come there and shoot them because mm-hmm. that's the only sure. national predation they have. So they're super cagey animals. But I'm like, yeah, oh, man, Molly, you could. Yeah. She's like, I'll never see you. I go, yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, you'll never have to deal with me yeah, in Hawaii. What do deer in Hawaii eat? <clears throat> Pineapples, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. the vegetation is, I guess I don't know. Yeah, pineapples, I think. Pineapples. Mangoes, yeah, you know. Vol- volcanic yeah. ash, probably. Coconut <laughs> leaves. That's, that's yeah, probably yeah, why they do. That's probably what makes them taste like. Yeah, good. yeah. It's got to be. Mm. I think it's said the they're axis. Good. I think it's the axis deer, axis, and, yeah. I think, and I've heard right. they're delicious. Like Joe Rogan goes there. Mm-hmm. I mean, on mm-hmm. vacation and. A lot of these, you know, social media stars, they go there and they're always posting these pictures. I'm like, sure. damn, that That'd sounds like I it. bet yeah. that's a big business for somebody out there and it's probably not cheap to go and oh, do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking it's, yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> it's it's funny when you're in different parts of the country, you know, like that, where it's like every day for you, like here, you know, I mean, it's every day here, these turkeys, you know, we yep. see them all over the place and somebody wants to come from out of state and they're so excited to come hunt these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man. You know, like oftentimes during the year, we get out here on the deck and blast one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, when you want to hunt them, you can't. You can't. But, yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy. So, uh, if we're talking back to when you guys were going this morning, so how long were you out? 
what did we get set up by 5.30? Yep. And then shortly thereafter, we heard our first few gobbles. So we got there right in time. Um, and then we sat there for, what, two hours? Then we, those hens finally came in. Um, but that entire time, we were communicating back and forth with multiple flocks. Like everyone was cackling and thundering off uh, from up in the tree, heard them come down. I just couldn't really get them all the way up that ridge yeah. to where we could take a 40-yard shot at them. Yeah, so I think we didn't leave until, what was it, 9.30? Did we leave the woods by 9.30? Yeah, 9.30 or 10. Yeah, something like that. I, that, I didn't feel good after that coyote ran up ran up on us. Like, oh, yeah. you so, think it just uh, spooked them all? Yeah, so we were out there for, I mean. So good five oh, yeah. hours. But most people are probably barely have a work day in by the time we're getting done. Mm-hmm. And so none of this time you felt bored? No. Mm-mm. Okay. You're just like <laughs> just a little cold. <laughs> yeah, have I was you cold. Ever, <laughs> have you ever taken a nap out in the woods? I no, I don't think so. It is. I mean, on a the hammock. The best thing on a hammock. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. the best. Like it, you maybe don't sleep very well because you're like you're the fear of falling in a hammock, maybe. But like when you're out in the timber, uh-huh. and you just the sun's hitting you, and you got up at like four forty-five this morning, which really is not that early for turkey hunting. As the season progresses. You better be up by three what? in the woods by four thirty. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one's not gonna make it. I'm not an early. <laughs> not, he's not an early riser. <laughs> the, the only thing that helps you come May is like the foliage, right? The more leaves. Sure. I, I've, I've had the the leaves bail me out a couple times, but yeah. So like this morning, freezing our tails off. Gotta be 30, 31, yeah, 32 it, degrees. Yep, yep, it was freezing. Windy yeah. is all get out. But then like when we made our little move, we found a spot on a ridge the sun's hitting you i looked over this guy napped it a couple of times his eyes mm-hmm. i was kicking back he yeah. did like an old man sleep yeah. like yeah, yeah. but uh, like yeah. the thing with i'm still listening oh okay. <laughs> yeah still listening yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, like i would try to start dozing off the next thing i hear andy calling i'm like oh shoot is he you know because he was sleeping five seconds ago and i was calling and like <laughs> he woke up and i was like, resting my eyes <laughs> oh is that how that works last time i took joel out i had pictures of that i think was that he last fell year, asleep. year before? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was sleeping. Just home, like at least half on the time. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah. sleeping. Like, I'm not saying, like, well, it's, it's camping, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's peaceful. You mm-hmm. hear the birds, the For wind's sure. whippling through the valley or the, the you know, whatever yeah. it is. The sun hits you just right. And you just kick back and it is five, 10 minutes. It's all it's got to be. Yeah. And you feel really good about life. Right. Or it's an hour, you yeah. know. And then tonight, you guys want to go again. So then there's mm-hmm. like, Yep. What's the time frame on a night? Uh, the night the Is night that hunt, very? The evening hunts for turkeys could be the most boringest thing in the world. Oh, so mornings are Mornings more are when they're, they talk a lot more. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Usually they say if you can get a Tom to gobble in the afternoon, he's probably going to go home with you. Because oh. he's, he's, he's means he's either separated from the flock or he, if they gobble in the afternoon, it's there's a lot better chance of calling them in. Like he had, he, maybe he had an unsuccessful day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicked out. Yeah, he's <laughs> kicked out of the bachelor's club. He's, now he's on his own. He's coming limping back home, you know. Yeah. But so if you can if you can strike a bird in the afternoon, you got a real good chance of shooting it. Okay. Or the other thing too is it's you know ethical whatever you want to call it. Some people say get in front of the roost, and that's where you know he wants to come back at sure. night. So I, I, we talk about purists to turkey hunt. Some people don't feel like that's the good way because I didn't I didn't call that turkey in right. Like I that turkey is coming back to sleep and I'm gotten I got in between his bedroom. 
But I mean, it's still I'm still hunting. Well, I, you got to find the bedroom. You got to find the bedroom. Yeah. Did you? Do you know where the bedroom is? We think we per got se? a pretty good. Uh, we think we know, kind of. Kind of, right? Yeah. And but I mean, you don't know, no. And I mean, it's going to be about that time where we want to get set in there, you know, because we're going to be there plenty of time to spare. So uh, like to get soon. A nap so in. we need to like finish up. Oh yeah, yeah. How long oh my gosh, going? I didn't know that. Wow. We yeah. got. Uh, we're about an hour and a half in, actually. Wow. Isn't it crazy? Like, yeah. we're doing a bunch of these. We always say, let's keep it at an hour. Mm-hmm. Let's keep yeah. it at an hour. It, it's crazy how fast an hour really goes. Yeah, for sure. Like when I had, when I, I'll have uh, guests come in sometimes on on the head to head show, and like you got fifteen minutes, and you're like, I can cover a lot in fifteen minutes. No, you absolutely you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're like me and you get caught in a little bit of story that takes three to five minutes. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have fifteen minutes anymore. Yep. Well, and that's what we would do, okay? We'd bring you in at 12, and you got till 12.15, because then we go to commercial break. And when you got your producer and your headset going, it's 12.15, go to commercial, mm-hmm. go to commercial. Mm-hmm. You don't have time. Yeah. Like, you, you yeah. got, and you, so you got to hit your elevator pitch. You got to hit your sales story. Mm-hmm. And it, it's surprising how fast an hour really can go, yeah. especially when you're having a good time doing yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yep. I think that's I, a huge thing about these podcasts and why they're growing exponentially is because you it's not tied to a two and a half minute window yep. like the news, right. like in the traditional means of finding out information. You can actually get lost in a conversation and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Does know? it surprise you once in a while that people actually find you interesting? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, when we started it, I mean, the concept was just to have a little fun, get some yeah. more content out, you know, whatever. And Andy's kind of been behind the production and monitoring, yeah. and he's given us some of the numbers that are coming, and we're like, really? Yeah. Right. That people, many people want people to listen to care. that. People care. Yeah. We got, we got multiple listeners in like Brussels. Really? Like, what? It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, Shout right on. Shout out to Brussels. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep them coming. Like, it's like with Head to Head, or we did like a, a podcast for a while, like a live podcast called TRS Live. We're actually going to bring it back like in a different version, just a TRS podcast and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, people care. People like to listen to what I have to say. And I'm, I'm not interesting. But it's it's awesome. Yeah. I, and I think it's, it's just, just yeah. reality. It's just real. I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, and you know, and, and and I don't fool myself either. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them that I listen to, it's just background noise. Like that's just where I've yep. gotten. And I'm sure there's a lot of people doing that same thing with ours. You know, mm-hmm. like it's entertaining. You'll hear some things here and there, but you might be paying attention to something else while it's playing. Right. It's just kind of become the new kind of thing to listen to, and that, that's what I spend most of my time if I'm listening. Yeah. And you notice I had some sports talk radio on. Yep. That gets really old really fast. It really does. And I feel bad for those guys because they got to fill that that clock. They got to fill the A block. Mm -hmm. And if nothing's happened in the sports world, if you're between games or whatever, it gets kind of loony and you can tell they're just creating conversation that might not need to be had. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I I feel bad for them, but that's also another reason why I think podcasts are becoming so popular. You don't have to... Fill the A block. Yeah, especially if you're allowed to wander a little bit. Right. Like if you have a set topic when you come into your podcast, but the next thing you know, you didn't even address that. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Like those mm-hmm. those radio shows, they have to stick to the pot yeah. or their, their script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 it, and that's the thing that I find is tough. Like we all like the radio, but when it's an hour and you've listened to the same song four different times, right. you don't want to do Top that. 20, you don't yeah. play yeah. that, yeah. that right. song anymore. Like I liked it for the first two. Now I absolutely hate this song. Mm-hmm. 
But with these is we had we had a goal in mind. I think we accomplished it. But then we went other places too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I like honestly for me not knowing a ton about who is like I didn't know you before you even came. What was going on? A ton. I mean, just a little bit. Yep. But then I'm getting to know you as the audience is also, and we're not just doing it again yeah, we're not saying the same things you're asking questions that the audience would ask yeah i mean yeah, i'm hoping it's, it's cool. where yep. it's like okay and that's what i try to do with the guided life yeah. is with is with andy having to keep me happy non-stop i tried to ask the questions and i try to do the things that he, like a client who's interested in booking a trip with andy would ask and why like the, th- the thing is tough for a gentleman like Andy in his situation as being an outfitter, being a guide, is his business is based off success. Mm-hmm. And the success to me is, it's not so much the harvest or the catch. To me, it's the experience. Yeah. You know, like I, I've been out now, I've been lucky enough that I've been out with a number of outfitters or guides. And the one thing that really chaps my ass is if I don't get the experience now. And it could be just a simple, let's conversate. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what the expectations are of this thing. I could care less if I shoot something or if I even see something. Right. But if you're giving me the experience, that's worth the that's worth the money right there. Yeah. No, it's to kick if we actually get a chance or we get something. Hell yeah, that's a better opportunity. But if we don't, but you make me feel like I'm a part of the experience. Yeah. I'll pay I'll pay a lot more than what you're asking. And I feel like that experience comes a lot with just. A little bit of effort, cause it's here. Like this is beautiful. This is a beautiful area, beautiful nook in Nebraska. All you gotta do is, you know, make the effort and hope that they appreciate that. And obviously, we we got that going on here. I mean, I've been out scouting for. A I while know, now. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, like, like, he gets the effort, and we we darn near sealed the deal this morning. Yeah. Well, so. and it's just just let's just conversate. Let's just let's just don't just treat me like I'm the next guy in the list. And your main goal is I got to get you a turkey. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I didn't succeed. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no, no. If you're if you're going into the outfitter and the guide business th- with that as your mentality, you maybe want to do something different. Sure, because that's a big part of it, right? Like people are paying good money to come out there and have right. the, have right. the success, right? Like I'm I'm booking with you because you have a 90 percent opportunity rate. When opportunity is not a kill, but like on the flip side of that. I, I always thought that if I'm an outfitter, if I'm a guide, I'm going to send you a questionnaire. What's your experience level? Is mm-hmm. this the first time you've ever been turkey hunting? Now I know I got to handhold you a little mm-hmm. bit more. Now I got to really give you the mm-hmm. experience. Are you an experienced turkey hunter? Okay. I, you know what? I might feel okay with you going down and doing a little bit. I'm still here, right? You're still, I'm, sure. still, yeah. I'm still behind you. But if you want to call a little bit more, call a little bit more. You know, what's your, what's your fishing experience? Did you, are you an experienced fisher? Do you fish 50 times a year? Do you fish two times a year? Now I know I got to help show you how to cast. I got to bait your hook. Yeah. I got to do all this yeah. stuff. Maybe you have to take the fish off the hook. You fish a bunch and you're just with me to, to get on a good opportunity. I'll let you do your thing. Yeah. It's a good yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. I, I really think it should oh, yeah. be. I, yeah. That, that should, all those things have to come into play. Cause really I've been do. out with a couple of opportunities lately and I've had the worst experience of my life. Oh, man. And it really, it and then we've been successful. Like, like we, we got something, you know, but then like. This wasn't like authentic or no, something. No, it Is wasn't. Like deal? we, okay, 
what what's his name again right did, yeah did, does he know my name right yeah did, are you pissed that you have to be here right, right now right yeah like if you're mad i get it like yeah. we all go to work and we all hate our days like oh my god i gotta do this all over again you know what man bury it mm-hmm. check it at the mm-hmm. door come here put a smile on your face and pretend like you're happy that i'm in your boat <laughs> for yeah. four hours yeah. Dude, 100%, you, yeah. you just reminded me of a guy that we had up in canada like you could tell he hated his yeah. job oh, <laughs> like, yeah. and, it, just, it made you feel bad even asking him like well we we need some more minnows but on the fl- <gasps> yeah right oh jesus <laughs> but on the flip side of that like the part that i realized but maybe somebody that just booked that trip didn't realize is this dude was on the water to eight o'clock last night by the time he got off the water and done cleaning your fish mm-hmm. it's ten thirty. now he's got to rebate he's got to redo everything he's getting to bed at midnight and he's got to be back in that boat by four o'clock the next day mm-hmm. and that's that's five six hours or five six days in a row and then i got to take your happy ass out for four hours i get to do all that and then i get another four <laughs> hours i got somebody else coming in yeah. the boat with me now that's the other thing that people don't want to think about but i mean seriously buddy like just but sorry you Pick that job. You chose yeah. to do this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's your role. Yeah. And I want the experience. Yeah. And and yeah. like those two those are what they have stuck with me. And I've been like, you know, like again, if Andy and I go out in the next two days or whatever and we don't even see a Tom, let alone We've been we've been a great experience. Like I have got to meet Andy's family. You know, like yep. I, I I helped play with his kids you for the last couple of hours. He wants to charge you. Yeah. You offered that, and they they know how to take like, you up on a deal. See, like my mo- my mode behind that was like, if maybe if I babysit, he won't charge me as much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, like no. we could offset. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we could offset. So if anybody oh, wants to go with Andy, just babysit his kids. But yeah, but that's a networking master. but it it is like for me now i got the full experience i got to meet new people i got to be a part of a whole new thing where yeah you damn right i want to shoot a turkey but eh, i can go home and i got a good chance i could probably kill one in wisconsin yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but i'm in nebraska it's the sun shining we're having a great time and we get to go to go go do it all over again and Yep. What, five, and, ten minutes. And for folks that don't know, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Hunting isn't about killing an animal or catching mm-hmm. a fish, you know, fishing. It's really about the experiences. And that's why people just hold it so dearly to their heart and want to invite so many people around them into it, their kids, their grandkids, whatever, their nephews. It's not about just killing a deer or a turkey. So much more goes into it. And you, you, you showcased it right there where you're saying, I don't even care if I get a turkey so much, so as long as I get the experience, because yep. that's really where it's at. So, yeah. Ben, you kind of turned around there. You brought something on the table. What do you got here? Yeah, so uh, a couple of quick things. It's Matt, you know, we really appreciate having you. It's been fun. No, Ho- thank you. Hopefully you've had a good time. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be on this one again. Maybe I can have you yeah. guys on my show Absolutely. for a while. That'd be a blast. We'd love to come up. Uh there was a couple of things that you said that I, I, I wanted to ask about real quick because you used some weird words. I think it's because you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, we're getting on the words. Is, is, I, I caught the crick. I caught that crick. Oh, is that, did he say crick? He said crick earlier. Is it not? Creek. I, I say crick. Well, crick. creek is what you get in your neck. See? No. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> creek is what we're happens really in the floorboards. Cr- this crick creek is, is what we always podcast say. Podcast yeah. to somehow pick out people's... Yeah. And since you're you're getting me on the, the terms here, I'm I got a feeling I know where they're gonna go. But Andy, <laughs> we were at Andy's house. We got done eating lunch, and his uh, his kids wanted, "Hey Matt, come downstairs, keep playing," you know. 
And finally, I'm like, you guys got to help me out. I'm full of cheese. They're like, oh, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm from Wisconsin. That's all we eat is cheese. <laughs> we, and then his, your boy goes, well, you got blood in you too. I go, yeah, but it's oh, surrounded yeah. by God, cheese. That's they're so gonna, good. They're yeah, going to tear that apart. Even Kimber is like just measuring him up, just doing this number with her hand on her chin. Cheese. Like, cheese. Cheese. Mm, full of cheese. Good. What are you, the man in the moon? The main, the main one that I heard, and it, it sticks out to me because uh, uh, we had Zach and Randy here from Minnesota, Minnesota Millennial Farmer and Master Piper. I don't know if you're familiar with those guys on YouTube at all. I'll Farm have to guys. check them out. Yeah. 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 Their um, apparel looks great, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> uh, Randy always uses this word, and he says, uh, couldn't, 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 like, I, I, I couldn't. Do, are you I saying that correctly? I mean, is I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. You guys forgot about the L and the D. What? Could not. I need to go to replay. When did I say it? <laughs> a lot. Did I really? Yeah, yeah. Usually it's about. Usually that's when well, I get drilled on. You hear that? Well, the yeah. accent, yeah, the accent is one thing. The o, like the long O's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like that always sticks out. When I was in Colorado, I had people asking me all the time, "Are you from Canada?" Right. I'm yeah. like mm-hmm. close. Yeah. I'm like, what? What made you? Well, just the way you said about. I'm like yeah, about. About. Yeah. See, I don't Moot. hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, see, it's are funny. You, do you guys feel like you have an accent? No, we speak like I, I people do in the movies. Way, but yeah. We. Oh, let's not go there. Hear some. I don't really hear one. No. Him yeah. maybe a little bit, not so yeah. much. And I am from a northern small town. I'm on a border town there in South Dakota, so I do say Crick, and that's not the popular. It, creek is how it's Yeah, it's Creek around. And right. we it's lived creek. in Texas and Tennessee, and so I picked up y'all because why would you say you guys? Like, just right. put it together. Mm-hmm. And I still say that, so people will be like, meh, and I'm like, meh. no one really says that in Nebraska. But, yeah, I always say right. you guys. Yeah, it, he still does, yeah. and I'm always like, I'm well, Nebraska actually has a ton of call centers here because we have no accent. So yeah. we don't we don't offend this or that or whatever, but everyone can understand what we're saying. <laughs> we we speak the Queen's yeah. English. There, there we go. Yeah. Yes, Okay, you, I said like the movies, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really hear an accent from you guys. I think it's I think it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> so we, we always like to close out podcasts with uh, – with our when we have a guest with a couple of things that we've got here so um there's a couple of companies that we work with one's called handle bend so handle bend guys they're up in o'neill nebraska so there's a couple of nebraska companies that we work with um these guys hand make a bunch of copper products no way that are like cups straws cool different things so is this mine this I is guess. for you yeah nah. so it's a gift. yep so Gosh. they've they've given us uh these items you know as we work with them to oh. give to our guests these are handmade mugs uh, and there's a couple things I'm going to show you here. So in the middle of our table here, yeah, that's we've beautiful. got this little like hidden speakeasy. What? Oh, oh, look at that. Oh, oh. You know what they call this? This is an amen fluid. That's right. Yeah, it yeah. is. This, this is, is going to help a, you guys. A, a right yeah. on time. Yeah. <laughs> so these are wow, these are handle bend uh, wow. whiskey sippers. Do you want to grab another yeah, cup? I will. Um, these are gorgeous. Yeah. So, so this handle bend company yeah. makes all this? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So these boys are up in O'Neill. Uh, they're, they're hand making all this stuff in their shop. They're super cool. They brand them, so we have all the stuff um, branded with our farm focused brand um, here in town. So that's that gift for you. Th- those are more full size cups, but super cool presentation with what they've got here and how they deliver all these things. Yeah, you know, kind of like a handmade pallet looking thing. Comes you got to bust into it. Yeah. So it comes with yeah, a it comes with a crowbar, crowbar. Yeah. to to crack the thing open and pry the nails out. 
So I might have to I might have to transport this back to Wisconsin in the situation it's in, and then I might have to make like a story or a live with for sure. That'd be you awesome. Yeah. And, and they're yeah. on social media, right? Yep. So I should yep. I should ha- tag them. Yes. 100%. Yep. This is beautiful. I don't want to open because this is a uh, um, a, a Moscow Mule type of glass. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. These are beautiful. So yeah. there there's some good. Good you can things tell in there. how heavy they are. This Dude, is the real deal. This isn't yeah. some plated type deal. Right. This is right. copper. Yeah. If we have enough of that, we might be throwing these later on. <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> yeah. You don't want to get hit with one of those. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're going to get one tonight then. Yeah. This is, this is beautiful. Thank you. When, yeah, when you get a chance, check out their website. They've got like full-on mugs and a couple of cool things. But... Just handlebent.com? Yep. Yep. So then uh, for the handlebent cups, there's a distillery here in Nebraska as well in West Point called cooper's chase um doug the owner of cooper's chase proprietor i think that's what they call him mm-hmm. didn't it? yeah doug trainer was awesome we had him on a little, yeah. little while ago he's yeah. a good they one just call yeah. him the man the man yeah. the man <laughs> he's a good dude they they use local uh, nebraska grains um to make this vodka and bourbon um bur- the bourbon is my drink i'm not a huge vodka guy which it is actually pretty decent i had it last time around here but uh we like to have a little drink with our guests, so perfect. You, you vodka or bourbon guy? I, I am a vodka guy, nice. but no? because yeah. we're here, let's do the okay. bourbon. There we go. Do we get to have a? Do we have a cigar we can smoke with we these don't two? Have any I, oh, you should no. do that. I we do at home. Somebody. You guys will just have to swing by. I got some really nice Monte Cristos when okay. I was down Ooh. in Mexico. All right. Are we doing so. right here in these? Yep. Yep. Okay. yep. That's these clean. Handle bent glasses yeah for sure did i say that okay Hand- handle, bent or, handle, bent or bend, bend with See? a d handle bend we need to get um i know you guys aren't real good more. at the d's but yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's not that's not what i meant that's not what i meant Ooh. we didn't even have a drink yet we're, we went we're there. getting out of control <laughs> dang i normally don't have the d either. you normally don't oh. Oh, no. oh no i normally don't have yeah, see, this only... but i'll have a tiny i deserve that yeah yeah i should have said it we you said it we always call this we're off the rails now yeah, yeah. You, can, you can stay professional for about an hour and a half <laughs> and then, the then yeah. shit goes off the yep. rails there we go well, so uh, cheers to coming to town man we appreciate cheers. you yeah thank Good you so much i appreciate week. it yeah let's try can it smell it first Ooh. Ooh, that is good. Yeah, pretty smooth. It is smooth. Yeah, and it's in like okay. Now don't burn me, but it's warm, right? I mean, that's where you bit. should drink that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I thought you meant like a, a warm taste in your mouth. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, not a not a not a cube or not a whiskey ball or something like that. You can could totally do it that way. 100%. So we're talking about D's yeah. and balls now. See, we're off the rails. Jeez. We better wrap this one up. Sorry. I mean, okay. the way Andy's just away heard it. Way Andy's salivating over the conversation. <laughs> he don't want to walk away right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm not so, sure if it's over the booze or the other conversation. Right. <laughs> so, what? Jeez. <laughs> we are off the rails. That I might get edited ben was out. the target here, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better when but, you're the target. Yeah. <laughs> I make myself a target. So See, the bad part is, is he edits this stuff, so he can control it. He's going to take it out. Flip that around. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I do get the last word in a way, but uh, <laughs> can I ask one more thing? I'm sorry, Andy. I know. Shoot, like, I don't want to leave. I'm having so much. Do you guys listen to your own stuff after you're done? I do. Yes. Yeah. I, I I listen to it just because I'm like I'm so picky. Uber and, picky. And Andy probably gets tired of me because like I'll text him like <laughs> he'll he'll send me the final cut and then I'll listen to it because I do so much driving. Yep. And then I'll send him like five six messages. Man, at you know twelve minutes like. 
this was going on. Can we change this? Whatever. You know, I'm kind of a pain in his butt okay. that way. So but. I listened to it while I'm editing it. You know, yep. if, if like Morgan's being quiet or I'm too far away from the microphone, I'll, I'll jack it up as much as I can and still keep, keep it sounding like a human voice, mm-hmm. you know, because you can make it sound like a robot if you really want to jack it yep. up. Um, but, then, but then no, Ben listens to it again. Uh, and then so I, I go back and re-edit and I do think it really helps. It tr- turns it into a very clean product. And from what I've heard from all my like people in, that I work with in the radio industry and at NCN, uh, is like that is way overproduced compared to a lot of podcasts yeah. and some big ones. So that's probably, you'd want to be on that side, I think. Well, a hundred percent. I, I just, I don't like my voice, so I don't listen yeah. to it. <laughs> you know what? I have a hard time when they're like, hey, we're getting ready to launch this. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to listen yeah. to myself. But I do because I need to get better at things. So you just don't want to hear your voice? No. No. Oh, gosh. You don't I, have a bad voice. Per- personally, I'd rather not. And I think we'll probably get to a point someday where mm-hmm. it's like you just hand it over and just like, okay, right. it's going to yep. be fine. You yep. know, but... Yeah, it's still it's still, still new. Yeah, this is still so new. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Well, it's cool. great Thank to you so have much. You. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. I Matt, appreciate thanks it. For swinging by and yeah, yeah. We gotta get back in the woods. Yeah, you guys better go. Yeah. What's uh j- just to close it out? How about where people can find the stuff that you guys are doing and what you got going on? Yeah. So I thank you again for that. Uh, so my stuff is TGL TV, the guided life TV. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I have my own website, which is like I said, TGLTV.com. Head to head is H2H fishing. And it's the number two um, fishing.com. We're head to head fishing on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. And then we didn't really talk about it a whole lot, but the live stream company that I work with is Fix Production, it's, and it's P-H-Y-X Production. Okay. So you can find their website there. Um, we're getting better. I mean, we're a production company, so we, our slogan is we do live, but like we're not real on it with social media-wise, but if you're, if you're curious, like hire and fix to live stream something or you want to do a podcast in Wisconsin or you help want us to do that kind of stuff, just reach out to that page. But yeah, cool. TGL TV, The Guided Life, or Head to Head. Sounds like you guys are doing some pretty cool things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and the real shot. I shouldn't forget. I mean, my yeah, my main right. sponsor, For real sure. shot, yeah. and that's TRS Outdoors on Instagram, the real shot on Facebook, and uh, therealshot.com. And then we got some more stuff coming from the real shot. We might blow some people's minds with some of the shopping opportunities we're about to have. So. Nice. Well, Sweet. we have to come up there sometime. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, Wisconsin's awesome. Yeah. So. I'm just ready. Like you said, a clean, yeah. clear product, and I'm just looking down here at this Cooper's Chase. And I'm like, man. That's, that's <laughs> Do you want to try that one too, or? What's yeah. well, we won't wrap. You could take up it in the woods. We we do not encourage turkey on and drinking at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, the sun true. goes down, we can bust Cooper's Chase back out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, it's been fun, man. We appreciate you. Thank Good you luck. so much. Good luck tonight. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Catch y'all later. Thanks for listening.